I heard this story. People were going nuts. Everybody's all angry on Twitter. James Madison. What was he, the fourth president, I think? He's got this crystal flute. It's like a legendary crystal flute. It was in possession of the Library of Congress, who reached out to Lizzo. Uh, for those, she's, a, she's a very famous musician. And she twerked on stage while playing it, thus fulfilling the prophecy, signaling the end <laughs> of the American empire. Yes. No, uh, but a lot of people are making jokes about how, like, American history is now a joke, a spectacle, signifying that, like, you know, we've outlived our history, I guess. We've outlived uh, uh, the, I guess what, I guess the word is traditions or, you know, the historical value is just gone. It's become spectacle. And uh, I just thought it was funny. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was funny because, you know, I'm not trying to be mean to Lizzo or anything, but she's like this very large, morbidly obese woman playing this like legendary historical flute on stage. And it just kind of feels inappropriate for anyone, you know, and no disrespect to Lizzo, but like for anyone to like do that. But it is what it is. So we'll talk about that story because I guess everybody's laughing about it. But we got another story that's really depressing. CNN had this great headline and it's and it said Joe Biden calls out to deceased uh, congresswoman at a conference. And it's it was just it was sad because uh, I mean, this woman lost her life uh, uh, a month ago. Joe Biden's asking where she is and he paid tribute to her personally. So the dude's brain is just rotted to the core or he didn't actually bother when she died. You know, pick one either way. It's just brutal. So we'll talk about that, plus there's a whole bunch of other stories, I guess. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to support our work. We're going to have a members-only uncensored show coming up tonight at 11 p.m. And uh, you're also supporting our journalists, people like Christopher Bertman, who wrote the story about Lizzo twerking while playing James Madison's flute, and uh, our other reporters who are working every day. We had a great video, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Elad went on the ground to a Fetterman rally and asked people if they what they thought about John Fetterman chasing after an innocent black man with a shotgun because he thought he was shooting guns or something like that. And it's remarkable to see these people just say outright, like, they don't care that he did it. And he even asks one person, like, there's there's a racial reckoning happening. Don't you think something here may be bad? And like, well, I don't believe you anyway, so. And it just goes to show the, the state of politics in this country. But if you want to support that stuff, it is 100% membership supported. So if you like the field reporting, you like the, the, the written articles, come become a member at TimCast.com. And also don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all of this is Richie McGinnis. How are we doing, folks? Who are you? I am Richie McGinnis. I am actually now no longer the video director at The Daily Caller. I am an independent gonzo journalist. Oh. You can look that up. I know it's not a phrase that's used often these days. Uh, that's Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E, McGinnis, two eyes, two ends, two S's. Oh Falsely uh, defamed by, I think, the New York Times. I've, I think I'm just, def just, I think I'm just defamed generally at this point. But <laughs> And we were, we were tweeting because you wrote an op-ed for Newsweek about Kyle Rittenhouse, and then Jack Posobiec uh, criticized you for it. Uh, Jack is unfortunately not here to, uh, um, to defend his positions, but he had, he had, he had obligations, but you know, we're no, I, I respect Jack's position. I respect everybody's position. Um. I think that's the point of an open discourse. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why, you know, I put my personal account out there as opposed to the account that came out in court, because I think that the emotional experience, and I know that that's a big trigger word uh, right there, but that's different from the actual undeniable truth of what the law is. The way human experiences something is different from that. So uh, also, 
Ian is not with us tonight, unfortunately. There is a, uh, he, he's just chilling, but he might pop in at some other point. But we do have, thanks to Hurricane Ian, <laughs> Don't Walk Run Productions. Hello, everybody. Hanging out. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm Andrew from Don't Walk Run Productions. You can find me on YouTube at, uh, just type in Don't Walk Run or Don't Walk Run at Twitter. Uh, I would like to thank uh, our amazing host here, Tim Pohl, for, and, and uh, the gang for uh, letting me be a refugee. Uh, so th thank you very much. And I just want to say hi to everybody in Florida and just, you know, hope you guys are we you know, like to say safe. We like to say legal asylee. <laughs> it was either here or Martha's Vineyard, and uh, I, I think I think I probably had a better chance here. So yeah. I I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't want to be shipped to like a joint Air Force base up in Massachusetts. So uh, I'm just staying in a just staying in a hotel, waiting hey, hey. waiting to get back. You know, we we take in refugees. You know, we we want to do right, and so we we uh, we we gave uh, we had a hotel. I think you know. Yeah, just don't try and. Come here if you're. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, don't, don't without you, let it, let him know ahead of time. But if you show up, you'll get shot probably. <laughs> we also have the uh, the milk merchant. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this guy staying around here, but uh, that's a separate topic. Uh. Anyway, it, it's time for me to be professional. I wanted to apologize for my gags and goofs. It, it was a little distracting with my uh, bazongas out talking about World War Three. I definitely, I, I think I milked that bit to the last drop, oh. and plus my shirts were being ruined. The one. <laughs> Wonderful, amazing shirts that you could get on the bestpoliticalshirts.com, like this one that says it's not the news, it's an establishment press release, oh. which you could exclusively get on the bestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. I'm here. Thanks so much for having I, me. And I, I just want to add, too, quite often it's not the news. Quite literally, someone will send a press release to a news outlet and they'll just reword it and then publish it. Yeah, all the time. And it's just literally PR for the richest people in the world. Yeah. And you can get those shirts in long sleeve and short sleeve. Thank just you. Just remember that. Thank you. Okay, you. You're, it's that. you know just it's cold in the studio. Yeah, Tim did turn down the turn down the temperature just to get those. That's true. The he nips popping. Totally yeah, well, did. of course, yep. of course. You know, got to make the big bucks. We know it makes money. <laughs> it's true. We do, and I think that tonight would have been the perfect opportunity to say that Ian is busy because he's down in Florida. Obviously, that's obviously that's not the case. I've heard that twenty one Waffle Houses are closed Whoa. right now. Thoughts and prayers to Florida. That's a very bad sign. Very excited to hear what we have to talk about tonight. Let's get going, if Tim can see. So the first story we have here from TimCast.com, Lizzo twerks while playing James Madison's flute at DC concert. And uh, and that's it. Uh, you know, one of the uh, earliest presidents had a crystal flute from 1813, and the Library of Congress brought that on stage to this woman so that she could uh, toot her flute and twerk. And something something about this just... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a circus. It's a spectacle. It is, I don't know what the right word is for it, but it seems unserious. Like we've become a very unserious people as a as waste of taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Well, That's... yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, we used to be like, we're going to the moon people, not because we want to, but because we have to or whatever. I don't know what the quote was, but it was like, you look back on history and we see these very serious things. Everything was a large matter of con uh, a matter of consequence. You've got wars, You've got civil rights. You've got all of this huge historical stuff happening. And I look back on that. And I'm like, either the country is is completely falling apart because we have no serious culture. We're permanently children. You know, good times make weak men. Or it never existed in the first place. And we just romanticized the past. Mm. So, so you're telling me James Madison wasn't twerking and playing his flute at the same time? He <laughs> 
That's what he would do. Yeah, he would go up on stage and he would, you know, twerk. I, I, that was that was very big in the late 1700s. Yeah, I thought I thought what she did was very bold and brave, bold, uh, very bold. Uh, and you know, the cloth stuck up her uh, tuchus was definitely an added um, uh, artistic expression that I think we have to fully support because it's a, a, again something that is uh, is is nice now. So, uh, so I fully support it. Here's, here's Lizzo tweeting, nobody has ever heard this famous crystal flute before, now you have. I'm the first and only person to ever play this presidential 200-year-old crystal flute. Thank you, Library of Congress. You know, I can appreciate this. She's very happy to be, uh, uh, you know, playing this. But there's something about it that, to me, it's just kind of like, I don't think disrespectful is the right word, but is, is desecration. yeah. Desecration of, so. of, of this historical artifacts. This is a really artifacts. important piece of history. It's a really neat piece of history. It's beautiful. And she just... What? No, she upped the value. Now, you know, Lizzo Jeez. played James Madison's flute. Uh, like Her buttocks flailing up and down, making the clap noise, adds value to this historical <laughs> thing. And now, when we think of James Madison's flute, we think of the wonderful booty of Miss Lizzo, which uh, I think only makes it that much better. This reminds me of like idiocracy and Wally. Yeah. yeah. Like like the look of shock and excitement on her face. <laughs> I think uh, that comment was perfect right there. I just I just kind of feel like you know we're we're on the verge of World War Three, and Vladimir Putin's sitting back in his chair and he's watching this and he's like, yeah, it's all over. You know what I mean? You don't understand the major accomplishment that this was. Yes, I thank you. And just finally, someone sees it like I do. Yeah. This is this is Americana personified right in our reality. I mean, what else do you need to to see to understand that this is this is America at its best right now? I well, think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I think the Chinese engineers of TikTok are the ones who are sitting back laughing because yeah. if you're asking yourself what does our culture pay attention to, well. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. That's what TikTok, TikTok, TikTok culture will get you right there. Oh yeah, man, and 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 these TikTok videos they pop up on Instagram too, and I look at them and I'm like, okay, people are being programmed with this stuff. Mm. Like, have you seen these videos? There's there's like a lot of memes and they play songs and they all do the exact same thing, and it's like, is degenerate the right word? You know, right. well, 
depraved. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's working on people's Lucidious. basic impulse uh, impulses. And when you look at Chinese TikTok and their algorithm, and mm -hmm. you compare it to the American TikTok and what is shown to our children here, that it's captivating so much of their attention span that YouTube is trying to copy every uh, thing that TikTok is right now. You, you see a huge difference uh, with what is represented to the children of, of China that are limited on the platform only to I, I believe an hour or two hours per day. They're shown educational content. They're shown content that, that informs them about things that about their culture, about their society, about things that they could be doing, art, uh, math, science, all of that is prioritized. Here, twerking, sexuality, degeneracy, idiocy, hurting people, making fun obesity. of people, uh, yeah. and normalizing obesity, normalizing uh, castration, normalizing some of the most craziest ideas, which some people would hint at is a form of fifth generational warfare with people being brainwashed and doing things that essentially hurt them, their families, their communities, and eventually the country. And I think this needs to be understood when it comes to seeing the algorithm and its larger impacts on society. Do you guys ever take the... Um Moral foundations test, you know that you know that one. It's based on Jonathan Haidt's research. There's six moral foundations. You guys know you know another one. I've taken it. Uh, liberals have only two, conservatives have all six, and libertarians only have one. Of course, libertarians. <laughs> yep. It's and it's liberty. Everything it is. else is yeah. It's just liberty. So like, well, Lizzo's free to do this. They they ask questions. Um, to find out where your moral foundations are. I usually get what is it says it like left liberal. But I have, I have a decent balance uh, across the board, but I have really high liberty and then I have really high like fairness. Liberals only have care and fairness as their moral foundations. They have no uh, loyalty, like sanctity, purity or whatever the other ones are. And then they have very low liberty uh, on average. And then libertarians, they just don't care about anything but liberty. So the questions they ask you, it'll be like, on, th there's a scale where it's like, how okay are you with this scenario? And one of them would be, one of them is, uh, Janet is cleaning her attic when she comes across an old war memorial flag from her grandfather's time in, in a service, and she picks it up and uses it as a washcloth to scrub the floors. Are you okay with this? Liberals tend to say, yeah, who cares? Libertarians tend to say, yeah, who cares? Conservatives tend to say, this is not okay. So in that regard, I actually say, yeah, absolutely not okay. I think for me, it's like, it's important to recognize the past so that we can learn from it, understand it, and, and improve moving forward. But when I see something like this, I don't I don't feel like rage or disgust. I just kind of I kind of feel like yeah, we're going down, we're going downhill, because there's there's a certain amount of respect you would have for objects and artifacts and things that represent the successes and and the failures of humanity, and for this spectacle of this big, you know, v what's the right word? Bodacious. Bodacious. Yeah. Sure, Luke. But look, 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 I'm not trying to be mean to, to, to Lizzo because, you know, I'm fairly, I got that libertarian spike. But what I see here is American history being mocked, essentially, by a morbidly obese woman on stage as a spectacle, as a gag, as, as a joke, totally disrespecting what it is, what it represents, what it's supposed to be. And as Luke was saying, it's, it's the normalization, all of all of these really negative traits that we're supposed to be OK with. I look at this and I feel like it's idiocracy. I feel like it's Wally. You know, in Wally, you everybody's morbidly obese. They have no bone density anymore. That's that's not the kind of place we want to go. We don't want to go into some future where everyone's like He-Man ripped and like it's Sparta or anything like that. But at the very least, we can be like, hey, you know, we're going to respect the, the, the relics of our past so we can understand it. 
this to me is just like taking a dump on the American flag, you know? Do you think the people would have said the same thing in the late 1960s? Like, you know, conservatives at the time would have said, America's going down the toilet, this is it, it's over. Like, cause America does to a certain extent oscillate between conservative and no, for sure. culture, right? And, I, and I've thought about that. So I decided, you know what? This could just be our generation's conflict. So I asked a bunch of older people who were around back then and you know what they said? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. They said it's never been this bad. So maybe we're just oscillating downwards. Yeah. I think we are. I went to I went to an antique shop. <clears throat> it's amazing. Uh, I got a photo. I got books. Uh, it's the Photographic History of the Civil War. It's this collection. It's from 1913, I think. It's very expensive. And it's amazing. You open it up and there's pictures from like Civil War battlefields and stuff. And I asked this guy who was in his 60s, have, have you ever seen it this bad? And he says, no, absolutely not. Now, granted, in the 60s, he was, you know, that's around the time he was born. Uh, he, was, he was a small child. But I've asked a bunch of older people, too, because uh, people we've had on the show, we've had a lot of people on the show who are like in their 70s and, and older, and they all say the same thing. It has never been this bad. So I have to wonder, you know. Well, here's maybe just one question here. Do you also think that the power of information and technology and the way in which ideas can basically go between groups of people, go between countries in a way that they never could before, to, at a certain point, the top is going to blow off and people will awaken to the fact that they've been, you know, controlled in these paradigms like what we're looking at right there and everybody's celebrating, you know, stuff I like that. I, you, know what I, you know what I wonder is there seems to be independent thinkers and dependent thinkers. And I wonder what the catalyst for that is. Why is it that some people want to live in the matrix and some people don't? Is this something inherent to an individual down to their core, their soul? Or is it a learned behavior, something that can be snapped out of? I certainly think humans are uh, amorphous to the point where anyone can be red-pilled, anyone can be woke, it doesn't matter where you're from. But I wonder if there's a tendency due to something you know inherent. I'm not saying I know for sure, I'm, I'm wondering, I guess. I think that that battle happens, has happened since America was incepted. It's between the Puritans who settled you know, in the Mass Bay colonies, wrote the first laws in the United States, like one of the first laws written in the United States was you can't beat your wife with a stick any thicker than your thumb. I don't think that's true. Yes, it is. Well, let's look it up. I think that's um, apocryphal. No, it's it's literally that there were like 12 laws that were written in the Mass Bay Colonies, and that's one of them. Let's check it out. Anyways, there's then there were the hillbillies who also came, and they conquered the frontier. And they're like, I'm not going to listen to your laws. I'm not going to listen to that. I think to a certain extent, America is unique in that we have those two cultures kind of battling it out. Uh, let's see. English jurist Sir William Blackstone wrote in the commentaries of the laws of England, an old law that wants moderate beatings by husbands, but he did not mention thumbs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's apocryphal. What did you, what did you say that was from? I'm going to do my own independent research. Mass <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it, I think it's folk, folk I'm gonna, etymology. I'm going to crack a beer if I'm wrong this yeah. early in the podcast. But, <laughs> but they're talking about the, so when you search for this, you get rule of thumb and they say that the rule of thumb is not a real thing. Um, yeah, I'm talking about beating your wife with a stick thicker than your thumb. But that's where they that's yeah. where that comes from. So, well, that's what people are saying. It, it it's based on you know that the rule of thumb is about beating your wife when it's actually. You so know, there was a court ruling not. in 1824 <laughs> that asserted this. Wait, uh, a ruling in Mississippi stated the man was entitled to enforce domestic discipline by striking his wife with a whip or stick no wider than the judge's thumb. In a later case in 1868, the defendant was found to have struck his wife with a switch about the size of his fingers. The judge found the man not guilty due to the switch being smaller than a thumb. <laughs> so go. I don't know, man. You don't you don't go. beat your wife. It's not cool. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, clearly, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that, let's, uh, that was aside from the disavow. point of the story. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think this is my. 
I think this is my take on the whole Liza situation. I don't think it's that deep. I don't. First of all, did anybody in this room know the existence of that flute before today? No. Nope. No, and it's very cool. What? Okay. James Madison apparently never played it. So it was probably just given to him. Like somebody made it. We that makes it worse. We don't know the historical significance of this flute other than James Madison probably got it during his presidency. Lizzo absolutely did not know about that flute. She had a concert there. Somebody in the National Archives is probably like, I really like Lizzo. They we have this, and we have this stupid flute that nobody's played. And it, it's like... Let me let me ask it's you. Like, it's like Pixar. It's like Pixar. Okay, John Lasseter used to have like a, a in his office used to have all the Pixar toys, and then little kids would want to touch him, and he's like, no, 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 don't touch him, and, and he's like, oh, wait a minute, they're toys. Kids should be allowed to play them. And the National Archives is probably the same thing. Like that flute needs to be played. Right. So that makes it worse. Right. <laughs> if you if you had an original sealed Han Solo action figure, mint condition, and then someone was like, let's tear it open and play with it, you'd destroy the value of it. The fact that it's preserved is what makes it valuable. But if you're it, George Lucas, who cares? Like, you're just like, sure, kid, go play with right. it. Right. This, this is a property of the American public that was never played before, was a historical artifact, was handed off to some entertainer to play on stage. And that's why I said desecration. It's, it's, it's no longer this pristine crystal flute that was ornamental. It is now a gag prop for, for a stage show. Well, it's not like she pooped on an American flag. I mean, she just like played a flute for five seconds. I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it desecration. I would say the whole situation is like I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, try, I'm not trying to say that it's like akin to like pissing on a grave or anything, but like it has fundamentally altered what that object was. And I just think what we see consistently is this, this idea that these people, uh, uh, you know, typically on the left, care absolutely nothing for this country. They, they call it historically racist. They crap all over it. And it's all hypocrisy. They're more than happy to say defund the police, but then call the police on people they don't like. They're more than happy to, to, to all laugh and cheer and scream 1619 Project, but then be like, woo, we get to play with this historical artifact. It's just what, what I see is you can certainly look to the past in your country and, 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 and say, hey, they were bad things and we want to do away with those. But I think you absolutely have to respect, you know, the beginnings of where you come from and the history of your country. I think, look, what it comes down to is the reverence for this country is is just flushed on the toilet. And this is this may just be a grain of sand in the heap. But this is like a big show where they pulled from the archives from the Library of Congress and brought it on stage to make some spectacle out of. I'm not saying it's the apocalypse. But I'm it's not, not I'm very not like, significant either that the actual flute like, you know, we don't we don't know what it's about like who gave it to him like why was it given it to him why relevant. was it made i don't think that's relevant it's like it's, i've got i've got a coin uh i've got i've got a coin from athens you know that i got at a, at a shop i don't know who spent it i don't know why it was for uh, you know uh, minted no idea all i know is that it exists it's 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 evidence of the civilization that existed it's it's a reminder of these things i was also uh, i got this for Seamus. it was a coin used by saint casper oh, yeah. that uh well they, they they allege it was it was one of the same coins that were were minted around the same time that was given to saint casper was one of the wise men it may have been used by him. We don't know for sure, but this was the, the, the these were the ones minted in this area where they believe he came from. And that's a representation of something valuable. Using it as currency is meaningless, but to like, to take these items and treat them like just spectacles and toys or gag shows, I think is, is look, no, no one desecration, I think, is like a signal of the apocalypse. That's the gag I put in the, head, in, in the title of this video. I just think that this is just another sign of the decay of the core and the soul of this country. 
What do you people think? Vote number one <laughs> if you vote for the decay. Vote number two if this is the silly all right, all right. accident. I'll Let me it, know down in the chat room right I'll, now. I'll give you this, Andrew. From CNN, Biden asks if deceased Congresswoman <laughs> is present at White House Food and Security Conference. Does this do it for you? Is this a p more apocalyptic? The president who a month ago paid tribute to a congressman who died, seemingly forgetting he did that a month later, calls out to her and says, is she here? Where is she? I guess she's not here. I guess not, huh? Just a week and a half ago, he was on 60 Minutes and they asked him if he was mentally and physically fit to serve office. And he's like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm focused. Oh, I'm focused. And then two weeks later, you know, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's like, oh, where, where's the dead congresswoman? Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Gosh. Like, come on. It, it's it. He's undermining his own argument. Oh, yeah, I'm oh, I'm I'm in good shape. I'm in good shape. I'm 80. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Isn't he all he may almost total clown world. He may be the only person who doesn't realize. I mean, that's how brain decay works you know yeah. it, you're not aware you don't have any nerve endings in your brain yeah. you don't feel any pain from it so i don't think we should be asking him if he has brain decay that's right. not how it usually you don't ask a person with dementia if they have dementia but everybody Where, else yeah, around he, him is is like they're his yes man that's he, correct he has, he has that's two metal stints inside of his head holding back major major uh what is it, aneurysms um so he is not in good health but we, he has his finger on the button to literally blow up the world 20 times over. He could do it any moment, any time, according to the official story of how the government actually runs and how the president is in charge and the commander in chief, which I question. And I think his, his, his decline perfectly shows what I think is what is happening behind the scenes of just the front guy that they're pushing forward to blame for the acceleration of the Great Reset. Let's put him up forward. Let's blame everything on this cognitive decline. Meanwhile, the richest, most sinister people behind the scenes are grabbing up everything for themselves and pushing the most absurd policies that no president would ever want to be known for so but i want to i want to give a shout out to cnn because um <laughs> you know i i this headline is amazing biden asks if deceased congresswoman is present at white house food insecurity conference they could have spun that a million ways well they did actually cnn did yeah they did there was uh there was actually let me find it it was another uh article too let me give me one second i just like i like i like how they framed it when Corrine Jean-Pierre was asked, she was like, well, clearly uh, to Joe, uh, she was top of, uh, of top of mind. She was of top of mind. And I'm like, what is she saying? What does that mean? Joe Biden called out to a woman who is no longer living and then asked if she was here and then said, I guess she's not. It's like, bro, do you remember that you paid tribute to her? Like you wrote a letter. I guess he didn't write the letter. But or don't, he forgot he don't you think that that picture this you're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson.
going back to what we were saying earlier, you know, is there a certain breaking point at which people wake up? Don't you think any sentient human being who saw that would be like, yo, that's BS. Like, I mean, that's, it's, that's, it's the total spokesperson of the White House is is literally lying in front of me. Oh, but but it's been happening. Look, come on, Russiagate. If you still believe this stuff, <laughs> just I, I'm, I'm that's why I'm saying is that's a is good it, point. <laughs> you know, there, there's a um, we talked about this a, a bunch of times in the past when we get into our weird and weird and wild shenanigans shows. But I was like, there's some religious theory or a theory isn't the right word. This idea that there's a finite number of souls and that some people are born without a soul because let's say there's only a billion souls available. So when more people be, are being born, there's people who don't have any souls because there's not enough of them. I'm not saying I believe that, but that's a you know, conversation we had. The argument then becomes if only that, that means one in seven people are just mindlessly drifting about without any sentient function. You know what I mean? Like, dude, at what point? Do we say someone is cognitively deficient if they believe this stuff? You know what I mean? That's a, I mean, that's a good question. Did you question. find the article? It's a question of what reality is and how uh, it's being fabricated. Yeah, uh, the, the article is Joe Biden's latest gaffe plays right into Republicans' hands. Uh, yeah. uh, Republicans, Republicans pounce. pounce. <laughs> yes. All right, well, was that an opinion piece, though? Uh, it's under CNN politics. So, I mean, CNN. it's it's analysis, so is this I guess. But this this one's like their actual news article, and they just outright say it. He asks if deceased congressman is present. Like, I th I feel like that's a very harsh framing. It's to be honest. it's hard to ignore it though. It's hard it's it's hard for a news organization to actually <laughs> spin that and go like like NPR. Somebody pointed out the NPR did a a piece on the event that he did and didn't mention the the gaff at all. How much do you want to bet he really thinks Kamala's the president? <laughs> you, know, you know how he's a like lot. called her president several times yeah. yes like they just he look he was in the basement the whole time the campaign was going on for, for all we know they came downstairs and said congratulations Joe, you're vp again he was like oh oh great who's president kamala's like oh well, I mean, all right he's called doug emhoff the first lady too. <laughs> so, <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not kidding i'm not even making a joke it's it's a true story I kind of feel like, you know, at what point do we just sit back, light up a cigar and, and, and you know, ride the, the, the gravity bomb down? Woo! I thought that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. since January 20th. I will say, though, <laughs> having my dad uh, suffer from degenerative brain disease over the course of a number of years, it's interesting because kind of your core nature comes out and like all the core habits, you know, like needed a cup of coffee. Like you, you stick to the things that you really know that you can rely on every day, your routines. But... For him, it was like the opposite. It was like he was so unwilling to give up his independence that any time that you tried to help him with anything, you know, he'd be smacking you away. I think Joe Biden was just complicit in this stupid game from the beginning. And so now it's just like, it's just happening easier. You know, he just, just kind of cruises. Yeah, people were saying on Twitter that this is, was it sundowning? Yes. But it's, it's getting worse. If it's to the point where, like it was a month ago that he sent out a letter being like, tribute to Walorski's family. I think that's her last name, right, Walorski. And he doesn't even remember that. It's just like, come on, dude. That's you, uh, It's worse. It gets worse. They actually had a tribute to her at the event. Yeah. So here he's coming out to speak at this event that was actually going to do a memorial tribute to her, and he asks if she's in the audience. Like, this might not be dementia. This might be something substantially worse than that. Like, it's one thing that your brain stops working, you're forgetting things, and you're confused. It's another thing when you're like putting concepts together that shouldn't exist. Like we're paying tribute to this woman who died. Is she here sitting in the audience somewhere? Like, okay. yeah, th there's no way he's in charge. He had major brain surgery a number of times. 
Being the president of the United States is an extremely exhausting, stressful job that many presidents age severely during their time in office. You look at the presidents, uh, maybe, you know, people make arguments against Donald Trump, but you, you look at Obama, you look at Clinton, you, you look at Bush, they look like totally different human beings before they came into office and after they came into office as years off of their life have been taken away. There is no way he is slaving away. There's no way he's at that desk making the decisions. He's not in charge. He's not calling the shots. The bigger question that people need to be asking themselves is when he's not there, he's checked out he can't even make coherent sentences who's really in charge that's a question that a lot of people should be asking themselves can we give a round of applause to the onion for this article i I love to bring this article (laughs) up it's great stress of presidency already ages by in 10 years and it shows a corpse So, 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 who's in charge? If if it's not if it's not Biden, who's in charge? Who's calling the shots here? Who's who's at the desk right now with that button that could blow the world over twenty times over? It's Ron Klain. It's Jake Sullivan. Very it's up. definitely not Kamala. Victoria Newland, BlackRock, mm-hmm. and all these other multi Goldman Sachs and all these other uh, multinational corporations that are obviously benefiting greatly from the policies that. He's not even putting into place, but he's signing on to and saying, yes, I'm for it, when in reality, I don't think he's there. Well, getting back to the actual gaffe, people don't, they they don't understand because the White House is spinning it in a way that they're like, oh, well, she was on his mind, at top of mind, and that's why why he said it. But of of he, top of mind. Of top, top of mind. Of top of mind. He, he was of top of mind. I, think. Uh, well, I don't know what that means. Uh, like that, I don't know. Well, I get what I get what you're trying to say, but, but like, where did uh, that phrase come from? Steve, something people Steve say? Portnoy from uh, CBS News. I think he's CBS News, CBS News Radio. He said, "He said, look, we we just want to understand what happened here. Like, can we see the we release the prepared remarks? Because it's possible that you know to be completely objective here. It's very possible that in the teleprompter it said, you know, I want to say thanks to these." people that helped push the bill through and they didn't put the late congressman or the the late congresswoman or whatever and you know like actually just spelling it out for biden and he just kind of i mean just pulled a joe biden uh but she was but the answer was why do you need to see the prepared remarks we put the delivered remarks up on our website Mm -hmm. so it's it's very possible that somebody made a mistake in the teleprompter but i mean Ultimately, Joe yeah, Biden made a mistake. He's Ron Burgundy. He just but, reads whatever's on the prompter. But you, we know re- it. but you really need, like, that's why he had the card. Remember the card that yes. he had where it said, walk it through the door, yeah. sit down. You, you do know, this. You do this. You do this. Yeah, the exactly. reporter, did you see the one with the reporter's pictures and names and news organization and question and uh-huh. answers that they were supposed to be given and, and having the interaction with? All of that. Just yeah, they do so that. They give him cards yep. with, with little thumbnails of the people that he's going to be interacting with. In huge print mm-hmm. with big photos. Yep. Very simply you know, laid out there. You know, we we sometimes do promos for emergency food here on this uh, on this show and on, on my other show. And right now we got this big hurricane barreling down on Florida, and it's it's crazy. I mean, the uh, the water um, on the northern part of the hurricane, all the uh, all the water was was pushed out. So like the water drains because the wind is pushing the water. And then on the south end of the hurricane, it's 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 actually an eighteen foot storm surge just flooding Fort Myers. It's brutal. And stories like that, when they come up, I'm like, guys, you really need to consider this emergency food yeah. because people are going to get trapped in their homes for up to 10 days with no electricity. And so have you have you thought about what your emergency supplies are? Do you have canned food? Do you have supplies? Do you have water you're going to be able to drink? 
So especially if you're if it floods, like what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Now, now that story, it's obvious to most people, like why you would need emergency food. But I got to tell you, this story, yeah, I, I think, is a say, bigger yeah. example. There's a hurricane yeah. and our president doesn't know what's going on. No, I it's mean, like, bad if, if, the if, perfect someone, storm, so to speak. if a commercial came on and they were like a storm, a hurricane could strike at any moment. Right now, there's a hurricane. Buy emergency food. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I get it. Whatever. You show me this and you're like, the president can't remember if, you know, that he paid tribute to a congresswoman who died. I'd be like, oh, boy. As we're severely escalating tensions with Russia and trying to, of course, make sure that the conflict in Ukraine is prolonged, it's absolutely bonkers to, to, to be in this current situation, not just because of the natural disasters, but the human disasters that are happening in places like Philadelphia, places all throughout the United States where havoc, criminality, and lawlessness is just the new norm, which is, which is again, just perplexing to see such a destruction and such a chaos within our society. Well, and I think a lot of it is deliberate. And speaking of the hurricane, that story, the hurricane is actually drowning out. It's, it's, it's covering up this story. Like this, this is being pushed back. Uh, well, you know? I'm just in all seriousness, when the president has displayed this, okay, first of all, we just had what a couple days ago where he gets lost on stage and, and he's doing the Mr. Burn hands yeah. where he's like walking around confused. And then I was, I was, I was covering that. And so I looked up the cornholio fists. Remember during the town hall, he's standing there with his fists clenched like Beavis and with no explanation, everyone's like, what's he doing? Like something's wrong with this dude. Yo, Vladimir Putin is now accusing the U.S. I, b I believe Putin formally, I, I could be wrong, but I believe the U.S. is now being accused of uh, uh, sabotaging the Nord pipeline. Tucker Carlson came out with a great segment last night, way, 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 way more in-depth than the one I put out, pointing out that not only did this leak occur with two explosions detected on the Nord, pipe, Nord Stream pipeline, but the Baltic pipe was just mm -hmm. announced the same day coming from Norway to Poland. Right. Yep. And a, a very, very close to where the Nord Stream line goes in. And Across then all of a sudden, it. Right. Yep. It, so it, it's, it's like a similar it's clearly sabotage of some shape or form. Greatly benefiting the West. And our president, commander in chief, this, this, is, this is the brain he has. I, I got to say, I, I think, you know, it's, it's like mm -hmm. a chicken with his head cut off. That's it. Well, I think the actually the most concerning thing about this right here is that this actually there is a convenient truth there of like why he messed it up. And even in an instance where there is like a convenient answer, like, look, yeah, you know, it was in the it was in the teleprompter and he kind of misinterpreted it. They still choose to go with the outlandish lie. So it's like even right. when there's something there, you just nope, we don't and need there that. Were, there, oh, were top five, of mind. there were five reporters in uh, that got to ask her that question. And she had the same exact answer every yeah. single time. And uh, there was there was one I don't know who it is. I'm I'm gonna try and find out. But there was a a, a female journalist in the room that actually started. Uh, she raised her voice and said, "This happens. He's confused frequently. What is happening here?" And and she basically just ignored her and said, "You know, you're you're being rude. You need to like you know keep your voice down." But she has a great point people real these journalists need to actually do their job and say what exactly is going on we need to see his full medical record we haven't seen him take a cognitive test it it it's all ridiculous it's such a double standard when trump walks down a ramp slowly <laughs> they go oh yeah they, they they bring in sanjay gupta and go hey doctor <laughs> hey doctor uh what what do you think could be wrong with him could do you think there's something wrong mentally and physically 
when when Joe Biden falls upstairs three times, they go, oh, it was the wind. It, when he falls off a bike, a, a standing bicycle, they're like, oh, it's a stutter. He has a stutter, you know? So it's, it, the double standard is very real, but I think these, you know, he I said, shoot it on a shot of pressure and they called it a stutter. <laughs> but I think these journalists are starting to, they're, they're starting to wake up and they're starting to get really annoyed with Corinne Jean-Pierre who will not answer a question properly. She, it's, she, she may as well just say like, she's tragically no. untalented, Here, un, here's, unreal. Here's what she should do at this point. All right, let's, let's play again. She should uh, so, quit. So, so ask me a basic question and I'll answer it. Uh, so what is happening with the response to Hurricane the Kuwait Ian. situation. To, to, uh, to the the Kuwait situation. Kuwait situation. Kuwait. Uh, well, that's a great question. The other day I was out in New York with a friend of mine and <laughs> we went to this really great place called Lafayette in New York. It's on Lafayette. And they have beef tartare. It's amazing. It's actually some of the best. So uh, uh, next question. So basically what you're saying, her response should just be, fuck you, next question. Misdirection. Well, the, 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 oh, sorry. I'm not. Oh, my bad. Oh, the family friendly show here. You did okay? it. <laughs> no, I just mean like if she's not going to answer the question, just tell something interesting. You know, like she could be like, oh, yes, that's, that's an excellent question. Did you guys see the latest uh, House of Dragons? It was, it, you know, I don't understand what was going on because like I turned it on. and It's the future now. Uh, you know, did you, did you watch this? Yeah, they changed the actors. But it's, it's the future now. Yeah. And like Renaris has a bunch of kids. I just got confused as to what I was watching and turned it off. That's a better answer than anything she could have said. I'd be like, oh, that's less a, insulting. Is, is, is that is that what happened on House of Dragons? Top of mind. Off top of mind. <laughs> I would I would rather someone be like, Kareen, the president called out to a deceased member of Congress. Can, can you explain what's going on? I'd be like, yeah, actually, I'm, I've been watching Better Call Saul. And I don't know if you guys saw the episode, the last one where the, the German guy gets executed. Man, what a great show. What a great show. You know, it was really it was really crazy to see Mike kind of like becoming this character where he doesn't want to kill the person, but you know, eventually becomes this cold blooded killer in breaking bad. Next question. I kind of disagree with you, Andrew. I think she's doing a great job because as a White House spokesperson, she's supposed to represent the administration. And what better way yeah. to do that than to be confused <laughs> yeah. when she's answering questions that, from oh, journalists so, and not answering any questions and not a, 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 having any kind of intellect so when it comes saying, to answering she's trying, questions. She's trying to mirror Joe Biden. She's doing it in a very good way. Okay. And she, if, she, she does represent the administration perfectly. What if you're mentioning how like, the journalists are just like getting fed up with being lied to? What if eventually she just snaps because like she's desperately trying to spin the unspinnable and so she just comes out and she goes, I'll be honest with you. I think that dude's bro this Bane is just gone. I don't even know what to say anymore. Look, I've been trying really, really hard to spin these answers for you guys, but clearly we're at a point where everybody knows Joe Biden can't think straight. Yeah, the guy Next had question. two brain aneurysms in 1988. He's not doing too well. What do you think he's going to be doing? What, like, like, what if what he said? Up? That'd be amazing. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, what do you think? His brain doesn't work. Next question. But I don't know. If, I don't know if, if if these journalists are being lied to. I just think that she's she's just not answering a question or or. <laughs> or when the other day, you, you one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life from anybody in any administration, Peter Ducey asked her, they they were talking about the border, um, and they were, she was like, they, well, you know, they just don't, they don't walk, just like walk over the border. They don't walk across the border. And he's like, no, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> that's exactly, like, what world do you live in? I've been there. I can confirm that. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> Dude, happens. it's amazing because she says nothing. Like the answers she gives aren't aren't like when 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 asked about the deceased uh, member of Congress, she goes, "Well," um, and she looks down and she goes, "Um, well, uh, Joe Biden." Um, 
was honoring these people and she was of top of mind. Honoring Do you remember Jay Carney though? That's what she said. She was up top of mind. That was Jay Carney. Jay Carney for Obama did the same thing Oh yeah, talk even slower. Look, what I loved about uh, Kaylee McEnany was that she had the book and she'd be like, you're lying, journalist. But now it's like what's happening is journalists are actually asking. It's like Peter Ducey. I don't know if he like was a wake up call to these people, but now they're asking real questions that they, you, you can't spin it anymore. It's just unspinnable. I mean, the binder, you're, you're right, Richie. The binder has always been there, but it's just so blatant that she she doesn't have a thought on her own a, a, a thought of her own she just has to go to the binder 99 percent of the time i just I, I imagine that like when they were deciding who's going to replace jen Psaki, you know they had a, they, they had the candidates and they were like this uh, this kareen she can she can string words together for a long time <laughs> yeah they don't mean anything but <laughs> she's she's really good at those word salads they yeah. should it, it's word all salad. word salad it's yeah. all it's crazy they shouldn't it, she should not they, she's there we know why she's there you know, John Kirby should be there. John Kirby is a he's articulate. He actually knows what he's talking about. He should be there. But they went with Kareem Jean Pierre, so she could be like the first this and the first that and check off a bunch of boxes. I wonder if, you know, behind the scenes, the White House, they're watching the press briefings. And they're just laughing at the journalists. They were like, they still show up? Like, at what point do you just stop showing up? She's not going to answer your question. She's not even, like, that's why I was making the joke about if she just started talking about Breaking Bad or something, at least you'd have some coherent thought. Like, she would be telling you a thing. You'd be like, okay, well, it's unrelated, but at least it's something. No, she's, it's, what is of top of mind? She was clearly of top of mind. Are you saying that, like, he was thinking about her or something and that's why he misspoke? What does that mean? What is that phrase? But she just kept repeating it. And then my favorite is when they're like, Okay, I'm going to ask you again because you didn't answer the question. She goes, I, 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 I already explained it to you. I, she was off top of And then she read it again from the binder. <laughs> and, then, and then there was a, a journalist who said, well, look, you know, I think about John Lennon every day. He's on, he's on top of mind, and I don't expect him to show up. <laughs> Wait, a you journalist know? said that? Yeah, a journalist said that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm paraphrasing, but, but he said, and she's like, well, when John Lennon becomes the president, then, you know, we can talk about it then. What? You know, when like John she was Lennon being, becomes like, the president? Yeah, like, she's just an idiot. That's like, like a Jen Psaki, like, you, you condescend the question yeah. without answering oh, it. Oh, she was so smug. That's but at sacky. least at least she could spin. At least she was competent yeah. enough to be smug. She was the State Department spokesman under Obama. I didn't think she was that. I, she I wasn't didn't, really good then either. But no, but I think she was for for the spin that she spun. She spun spin. You know what I mean? Like Karine Jean Pierre is just garbled word salad. It'd be like, here, let's try it again. Ask me a question. You, you mentioned Jay Carney before. Uh, there there was a a hullabaloo with Joe Biden. Uh, when there was like the, I think it was like the bird flu and he was like, well, you know, I wouldn't want to get on a plane because if somebody coughs and like the whole plane's going to get, get bird flu. Oh and, uh, and then the press actually, it was, it was actually Jake Tapper, I believe, who, who was like pushing Jay Carney. It's like, um, you know, that's not true, right? Like, you know, the, and then they're like, well, what the vice president meant to say, yeah, and they're like, exactly. no, no, no. What he meant to say is not what he said. Yeah, you know, like they were trying to spin a thing that that Joe Biden actually believed. He got a thing wrong, and they were like, "No, what he meant to say." It's like, "No, no, no, it's what he said. He was wrong, and he can't admit but, it." Ask but, him a question. Uh, so, what did Joe Biden? What was Joe Biden referring to when he was trying to uh, call out an audience member who's who died a month ago? Volkswagen. Oatmeal spoon, <laughs> oatmeal spoon. <laughs> Ferrari, oh. Cumul Cumulonimbus, oh. Oh, that's Ro true. Rhododendron. Yeah, Rhododendron is correct. Yeah. Um, 
methylprednisolone. Oh my, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big uh, one. Bismuth, salicylic, sal- how do you say that? Salicylic? Salaciousness. Uh, no, no, no. Bismuth, salicylic. Sal- sal- I, I don't know salicylic the word. You, you, get what, you get what I mean though. Um, Pepto-Bismol. Ah, yeah. Oh, mm. yes. Uh, uh, mm. Chorique- choriqueso. Choriqueso? Yeah, choriqueso. Mm. So Guacamole. Languages, yeah. And wow. um, graphene. Buongiorno. <laughs> <laughs> like she may as well just be saying random words and the journalists keep asking, expect... It's like they're sticking their hand in a fire thinking something different is going to happen every time. It's like the way you say it, not how you say it. It's like if someone says, I went down to Peru. And you're like, they're smart. They know how to pronounce Peru. You know what's crazy, though? They really tried to do a hit job on all the Republican press secretaries. Like, there was a scene. It was um, uh, reliable sources. Uh, They they put out a story where they said, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders says... You don't get a lot of answers from it. not a lot of answers, and and it's her saying it was like a montage of her saying I don't know, which didn't mean that she didn't know the answer to the question. She was saying things like I don't know why Democrats would want this thing, and they put and they and they made because of course they're dishonest, and they put together this montage, but with with you know Jen Psaki you could do that or Jay Carney you could do the same you could do the same thing, but actually. He didn't have a lot of answers, and neither did Jen Psaki. And oh, like I need to cir- remember this. Uh, I'll circle back to you. You know how many circle backs there were at the beginning. But that's that's why. I mean, the whole daily briefing is an act in the first place. Like the president, uh, President Clinton started the daily the White House briefings, and it was basically like the twenty four hour news cycles came out. They needed stuff coming out of the White House yeah. consistently, content, and it became like I started working at NBC in two thousand and. Uh, end of 2012 and I decided to leave the cable news game because I was like this is such BS because it's you pay you pay pay your dues you ask the right questions and if you ask the right questions you play the game for long enough then you'll you'll be one of those front men right so you just have to play the game in cohorts with the White House and so it's like this relationship between the fourth estate and the government that is the exact opposite of the purpose of the press, which is like to you know ask the tough questions. I think they should just get rid of it. It's t- it's TV time for, for oh, these yeah, reporters. Just... That's all it is because they have a press office. Yeah, they should do a TikTok briefing they, instead. Th- there is such thing as email. They can just go and say, right. "Here's my question. Please answer it in an email." But instead, they're you know, I mean, that's why I don't watch this stuff. I've never. Oh, I've I never watch watched. it every single day because I just, for content. It, it's you, you may as well just sit in front sit in your bathroom and flush the toilet every few seconds that's what you're watching that's what i watch yeah but it depends though like with kaylee mcenany she actually answered well, questions well, hold on but she was calling out the corporate press that was awesome it, it, i mean she she didn't have to do that but she did and she did it very well she was amazing and and uh sanders was great too she they they were they were very very amazing press secretaries I, sean spicer on the other hand Total garbage. He he said he set the tone. He I set pitched the tone him on a motorized podium after uh, Jenny McCarthy. What's her name? Motorized podium. Remember, um, Silent Live did that spoof, and he they had who was what was her name? Yeah, it was McCarthy. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. she was oh, uh, right. on a motorized podium. It was super slow, and I was like, I saw Sean Spicer. I was like, Hey, man, I want to give you a motorized podium <laughs> that's so fast. I have a, I have a skateboard that goes twenty five. <laughs> we'll put flames on it, and we'll rip that podium around DC. And it'll go viral. Like, how, how awesome! And he didn't, he didn't like my idea at all. How awesome would it be if uh, Dave Smith actually wins the presidency, and then Michael Malice becomes the press secretary? That it'd just be 
Yes. It'd be so amazing. He'd just he'd be like, them. for one, he'd be ragging on the corporate press, which would be hilarious. But then he'd probably just say things exactly as they are. I think it would just be an empty room after like two weeks. Just no one would go anymore. They Why? Because they'd just be getting wrecked and they're like, no, like, no, I think Malice someone, just ruined my someone, career because I. Someone would ask, like, what's going on with the uh, withdrawal of troops from Syria and the Middle East? And it'd be like, there's no reason for us to be at war in the Middle East or bring <laughs> troops back. Next question. <laughs> like, you just, like, Dave Smith would be like, we're in the wars. We're getting everybody out of here. This is a waste of our time and money. And then you'd, there'd, be, there'd be no spin. They'd be like, yeah, we're ending the foreign wars like we promised. Yeah, but then Lockheed Martin would call up NBC and be like, yo, you guys can't send a reporter there anymore. This is really bad. <laughs> Hold on. Can you imagine and it would how, be an empty room. <laughs> but, but let's think about that. With all of those clips where it's like, brought to you by Pfizer, brought to yeah. you by Pfizer. What do you think the media would do with like a President Dave Smith? You got President Dave Smith, Vice President Maj Ture with a with a Michael Malice press secretary. <laughs> they would the, the news would be the the most insane thing ever. There would be like photoshopped images of Michael Malice kicking puppies. <laughs> they, like Lockheed would be like, shut him down. Like I don't care. Like it would just be it would just be the craziest news you'd ever you could imagine. If you thought it was bad with Trump, imagine actually getting some libertarians in who are like, yeah, we're gonna shut down the military industrial complex. Yeah, they wouldn't get that. That's the point. Is like they wouldn't let it happen. Well, and for that matter, think about the news cycle if they actually became competitive. Right now, among millennials, overwhelmingly, they reject both parties. Most, like, younger people are more okay with the Republicans. I'll put it this way. Younger people that lean conservative or libertarian are more okay with the Republican Party than young people are with the Democratic Party. Young leftist-leaning individuals despise Democrats. It's like 35% of, the, of, of millennials and Gen Z think the Democratic Party is trash. But they are leftists. They are left-leaning or liberal. So it's possible that you'll get eventually a, a, th a third party that actually breaks through. I don't know about winning the presidency. But I just imagine if there's a real risk, one, one, of, the, one of the fears among Democrats is the Libertarian Party actually pulls votes from the Democratic Party, not the Republican. Hmm. They thought that... Um, they thought the Libertarian Party was going to hurt the Republican Party, but I think what happened in 2016 is it actually hurt Democrats. It pulls their votes. So they would have no choice but to try and destroy the Libertarian candidates because it's bad for them, for the establishment. I think that'd be, that'd be, that'd be interesting to see. What are they going to do about it, huh? It could be a Pfizer party. A Pfizer party? Yeah, they'd probably win. <laughs> the Pfizer party. I mean, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, uh, if corporations are people, my friend. Yeah, then, exactly. Then why couldn't a corporation run for office? Well, now they we have, have the people speaking on behalf of corporations but pretending they're still people. Yeah, but that's what our White House press secretary is doing right now. I don't. I don't know if there's a solution to all the political BS that's going on. I feel like it's just gotten to the point where the emperor has no clothes. Even the journalists now can't pretend otherwise. And there's no. There's no solution. There's no like moment where people all agree like, hey, this this probably isn't working. Let's get like some competent people in. No, it's just like I won't let you win. So I'll do whatever it takes, even if it means putting Biden in office. I don't know. I think that there is some kind of change that will happen from this. Like if you looked at the last major populist election or major populist, I guess, uprising, you could argue that there are a couple more in between, but William Jennings Bryan in 1896 gave that famous speech, the cross of gold. And he wanted to switch to the silver standard, which would help small businesses and farmers. And William Jennings Bryan was like 36 years old, went into the DNC, gave this amazing speech, total dark horse candidate, uh, took the presidential candidacy, ended up losing, but both political parties changed majorly in the wake of that. And actually the Bull Moose Party, Teddy Roosevelt, that was kind of the aftermath mm -hmm. of both parties. That's when the Democratic Party really switched from the party of the South to the starting towards the working class, party of the working class, which, you know, FDR's party 
I mean, they were still extremely racist around then for a couple decades. Yeah, um, look, I'm not here to defend the <laughs> Democratic Party of 1896. I'm just saying that the, 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 sh the, shift, the shift started when this dark horse came out of nowhere and gave this amazing speech about how he's going to help out the little guy. And even though he didn't win, he came close. And it forced both parties to reckon with the fact that they weren't acknowledging that aspect of the population. So I, I don't I wanna, know. I think I that's wanna, a good thing. I want to talk about this story here. Let's talk about Jordan Peterson. Oh, by the way, rule of thumb. Yeah. Real quick. It was William Blackstone, 1723. Uh, it was, that was the basis of US common law, which came from English common law, which was the rule of thumb, but he didn't explicitly state the thumb law in the United States. So he, but it was, he's talking about beating your wife and how to do it. Let's pull up this story. Let's talk about the good doctor, Jordan Peterson. The Daily Mail says controversial Jordan Peterson so tears up as he agrees he's a hero to incel men and responds to Olivia Wilde calling him an insane pseudo-intellectual saying, it really didn't bother me. This is a great story. It's an important story. Uh, Jordan Peterson makes a really good point when he says, uh, oh, he, so he's asked by Piers Morgan, you know, are you a hero to incel men? He says, okay, why not? And then he actually starts crying, which, you know, I, I, he cries a lot. He's a very empathic person. Yeah. And I think that he, he knows he's a hero to incel men because he's like, these men have no one else saying this to them. Like, well, that's, you've got to strike a chord with him. This is what he says. He says something to the effect of, you know, it's interesting how there are men who don't know what to do. They're lonely and unsuccessful and they're, yeah. and they're trying to figure out how to improve. And they're just attacked and insulted. And you, you get these, you know, in, insults against them. I, people, he said, I thought the marginalized were supposed to have a voice. Ooh. Instead, you people like Olivia Wilde saying she made a movie based on him. In in what way is Jordan Peterson in any way insane? You know, it, it's just like they just hate anyone who I, I suppose it's, you know, I, I got to be honest. I really don't understand why they hate Jordan Peterson so much, but I have to assume that it's because he's empowering up to the in individual. Yes, I think so. I was actually thinking about this earlier today because I was listening to a remix of his spoken word, as I sometimes do, because what he has to say is interesting and wise. And I was thinking, I think that they hate him because they're evil. And he's trying to construct people and they only know how to destroy people. And they're doing that with him, just like they've done with lonely men over the past few years. That was what I came up with. I, I'm I'm gravitating toward the idea that they truly are evil because it seems. I think it's their serious. source of their identity comes from this, you know, culture war that they perceive Jordan Peterson to be the enemy, and because maybe I don't know they didn't have a loving family or something like that that they have to cling to the tribe of uh, Me Too, you know, and that it they'll Is just it, continue with well, that regardless of how much it's grounded well, in reality. Well, just to add to this point, I think they also prop themselves up by stepping on other people. Yeah. I think that's the norm. And this is why Jordan Peterson is, is, is such a horrible person to them because he's like, hey, don't get stepped on. Hey, hey, so stand yeah. up for yourself. You're don't a human being. Others. Have some dignity. Have some respect for yourself. And it counters the agenda, which is going along with the destruction of the modern man. Yeah, have a dirty room. Have a, have a dirty room. Don't be organized. Don't have your stuff together because that's bad for business. Because when you're disorganized, yeah. when you're disheveled, when you don't have family, when you're mentally and physically weak, you're, you're the perfect consumer. And I think that's exactly what they're after. They want you to be a consumer. It's bad for business when people mm -hmm. stand up for themselves, when they have families, when they're healthy, when they're happy. And this is why Jordan Peterson trying to help people is not along with the agenda. We have to stop Jordan Peterson because Jordan Peterson is stopping our agenda.
Is it is it is this is there truth to this claim when like you see women like Olivia Wilde saying this stuff that they have bad relationship with their fathers? Yes, hundred percent. Because maybe it's because of how I was raised, but I had a really good, really solid relationship with my dad, and I still consider myself really lucky for that. But I see that a lot of people. I think I there's nothing else you can conclude. I think that's what they're missing. What do you think, Richie? Well, I think I. I have a personal connection with Jordan Peterson because when my dad was sick, I started listening to his uh, Old Testament lectures. Yeah. And that was really right when he was coming into the public sphere. And I think that's part of it too, is there's a religious component there, which is one of the reasons why Jordan Peterson is, is threatening because he's articulating all of these kind of old biblical ideas in a modern context and it resonates with people and it's people see a resurgence of the religious right, which you know, growing up, I didn't, I didn't understand the power of it until I was confronted with something as difficult as, you know, like a, a tragedy in your family. But I think that that's really what it is, is Jordan Peterson actually has a point. And that's, that's scary to people who like things the way they are, where they have power. They want yeah. incels. They want white supremacists. They they need so them. when Jordan Peterson comes out and says, identitarianism is bad, and don't be an incel, improve your life, they're like, uh-oh, he's, he's damaging our, our, our access to a boogeyman. You know, the, the media desperately, de desperately tries to come out claiming everyone's a white supremacist or a white nationalist. Vox has that famous article where it's like, four, what was it like? 11 million people have white supremacist views or some other ridiculous nonsense. And then Jordan Peterson comes out and he's like, hey, don't have these views. Don't be a collectivist. Pick up the heaviest thing you can find and carry it. Work on yourself. Clean your room. All of these things are going to turn these incels into functioning members of society. And it's going to give them strength. And these woke people are terrified of it. It's one of the main things standing in their uh, in their way of full conquest, the full control of, of humanity. It's the subjugation of the modern man. And I do believe they were successful, uh, especially when you look at testosterone levels, sperm levels, mental health, physical health. It's all declining along with IQ. So, so there is something else going on here. And seeing this kind of concerted attack against individuals who are there to predominantly help people should be concerning for the average viewer, should be concerning for anyone watching this because we are seeing the destruction of the modern man. I don't think that's a crazy statement to assert here uh, because the results are, are clear, especially in our current political and societal system. Uh, you, you can't ignore it. So I, I think we do need help, but but no one's helping them. And the, the only person who is, is getting, uh, is getting attacked. How, how does that make sense? By the way, I, I actually just looked it up to make sure from what I recalled, but I did a freelance gig in DC with a guy named uh, Andrew Cockburn. And there was a photo of Olivia Wilde, and I looked it up to that's see. Her, that's her name. That, yeah, so that I met Olivia Wilde's dad in answer oh, to Olivia's wow. question, oh, and he's a journalist. And you oh, know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really, I didn't glean much from the interview itself because I was just, you know, setting up cameras, and it was an interview. But he seemed to be a nice guy. Um, well, but, but I don't know if you know she could just be pandering, right? Olivia Wilde is like, hey, yeah, I can exactly, say this thing. exactly. But people often say, like, when you see these feminists, these women on Twitter, it's like they had a bad relationship with their father. I'm wondering, is that just a meme or does that come from somewhere? Is that true that women with bad relationships tend to lash out in this way? Well, so as far as I can tell, it's not feminists typically that are accused of having daddy issues. It's women who are on places like OnlyFans who are seeking the approval of men oh, okay, actively right. over the top being hoes, honestly. I think it's just we have a culture, like you said, of destruction. Rachel Dolezal has an OnlyFans. Oh, gosh. <sighs> 
I saw that. <laughs> well, there's also the there's also a lot of concerning stats when it comes to single parent households and households where the father is not there, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, criminality, especially when it comes to uh, people's overall life expectancy, their happiness, their health. A lot of it is correlated with how they're brought up. And if they're not brought up with a strong family unit, uh, the individual does suffer. The child does suffer, uh, not just mentally, but also physically. So I think those stats can't be ignored. Jordan Peterson talks about them a lot and talks about the importance of a family unit. And I think this is also, again, one of the reasons why they're like, hey, he's bad. We got to well, stop yeah, him. Yeah, he basically sticks his thumb in the entire postmodern world order, which is like this, this idea that everybody had of, you know, we don't need all that stuff. You don't need to have this nuclear family and a white picket fence in a car in order to be happy. And he says, no, I mean, that's what you were saying. It's like, there's an agenda that's been around for 40 years and he's just calling it all out very effectively. I I feel like someone's feelings or expressed feelings uh, about someone like Jordan Peterson is a good indicator of whether or not they're a sentient being or an NPC. (laughs) I'm being somewhat facetious, but what I mean is a rational person will say either I'm not familiar. I, I've, I've heard about Jordan Peterson, but I've not listened to him before, so I have no real strong opinions. Or they'll say something rational like, you know, I've listened to him. I'm not a big fan. Some of the points he made about religion I don't agree with. Or they'll say I'm a big fan of the things he said because, you know, they said or otherwise. Any one of those responses indicates a thinking person who's like, you know, let me try and figure this out. But the people who are like, he's an incel hero, evil, alt-right, whatever, they clearly haven't done any groundwork to understanding or listening to anything that he has to say. So if you were trying to figure out if someone is a discerning individual or let's just say an NPC in the, in the colloquial sense, you can ask them about Jordan Peterson. Trump's too overt. You know, everybody knows Trump. He's up there. He's big. There's always something to say about him. But th- these people, I bet if you went to Olivia Wilde and said, really, uh, so what don't, what, what don't you like about Jordan Peterson? What, what do you think makes him insane? She would have no answer right. at all. She doesn't know. Because no, he, he's, he's, he's famous enough, but he's still obscure enough where with like, my point is, Trump's in the news. You can easily have remembered something he said and then been like, I don't like how he handled this thing. And then you're like, okay, with Jordan Peterson, they're going to have no, no nothing because they don't actually listen to anything he's ever said. Yeah, they're terrified of being canceled. You know, that's everybody's, Perhaps. that's the culture that we live in today, which is everything that happens is forever on the internet. And if you say one wrong thing, then your whole life is going to be over. And nobody wants to say that one wrong thing because I don't know, that's, that's the world we live in where critical thinking isn't valued over. Yeah. You're not supposed to think. You're supposed to react. You're supposed to have emotions. You're supposed to, of course, just go along with the group think, go along with the herb, herd, do what you're told. And, and, and essentially, people thinking for themselves, that's extremely dangerous for a system that thrives off of ignorance. And uh, there's a lot of ignorance. I think there's no denying that. I mean, just she just reminds me of like when you go to a college and you interview the students outside and say, why are you protesting Michael Knowles? Oh, because he's a Nazi. Well, what did he say? What, what, was, the, what was the thing he said? Well, I heard, you know, well, I, I, you know, I, I know. Like, she didn't really write this script or anything. I, she, I, I, I do believe that, you know, I think you guys are right that she's just pandering. And, I mean, the story's, the story's about, like, a, a cult leader, you know, in, in, like, a town. It's not like that... It doesn't really have anything to do with Jordan Peterson is not a cult leader by any means. You know, he's just like a uh, an intellectual, a self help trying yeah. to help people. Do you have a Ukraine flag we- in your bio? Because if you don't, <laughs> I'm coming for you. All right, well, hold on, guys. We got breaking news. 
Yeah. Uh, rapper Coolio's passed away of cardiac arrest. Oh, no. He was at a, a, a friend's house, and he went to the bathroom, and then he didn't come back from the bathroom. They went inside, found him on the floor. He had a uh, cardiac arrest. Oh, I guess a heart attack. Oh. Damn. 59 years old. He's in Gangster's Paradise now. Pour one out for Gangster's Paradise. Pour one out for Coolio, man. Can I, where can I pour? Can I pour a little of this in the garbage? Just so. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Why is that, not? A, is that? Is that beer? Yeah, yeah it's beer. that's part of pouring one out. It can't be like All right, here he goes. soda. Yeah. There we go. I poured it out. He wow. poured, poured a little bit out. So uh, is fifty nine? I mean, that's that's kind of young, isn't that it? Is young for a heart attack. Is that? Is that? It depends on his. Was he doing a bunch of hard drugs? That's what the first thing I want to know. Is that oh, what increase know. your risk of I mean, or had he in the past? And, right. You know, left him with a weakened heart or something. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. So. Mm. Mm. Poor guy. Yeah, man. Just hearing a lot of these. You guys hear about the surfer? He was 24 years old and he had a stroke <gasps> while surfing what? and then died. Oh my yep. God. Yeah, it was like a 24 year old, like they said, he was like a prodigy surfer. Yep. What the heck? And then falls over like while surfing and then drowns. And then they were like, he had a stroke while he was surfing. Holy it's crazy, God. man. Crazy stuff, you know? And Just surfers gotta, are like the most, you know, cardiovascularly fit people yeah. that you'll meet. So. Well, I think, you know, just we're seeing a, a, a lot of people, a lot of stories have been popping up about pe people suddenly dying and stuff. And, you know, it's just, it, may, it reminds you of the, the nature of reality that, uh, you know, life is fleeting. I mean, you're not know, allowed little, to ask any questions. Little anymore, kids okay? are getting, yeah. This program is brought to you by Pfizer. Well, he was a big barbecue. <laughs> he was a big barbecue guy. Coolio was? Yeah. Uh, like he, he used to do like uh, guest, you know, uh, pit appearances, you know, like uh, may, maybe it was cholesterol that killed him. You don't mm -hmm. know. Out. I don't know. And by the way, I think it's there's a lot Kalani, of propaganda with cholesterol <laughs> out there. I want to say Kalani Rob, but um, I'm trying to remember the I'm trying to remember the surfer's name. It was Kalani something. I can't remember his last name. The guy who died. There was uh, a viral video about a little girl who got myocarditis. It was an ad for oh was gosh. it like was it New York Presbyterian Hospital yeah, or something like that? Yeah. And this little girl's like, I got the worst stomach ache ever, and it turned out I had myocarditis. So the doctors gave me medicine, Maybe and it just it's just you know like you got to pay attention to this stuff because. You know, we weren't talking about children getting myocarditis a few years ago, and now it's it's become this, you know, an, enough to where the, the hospitals are doing commercials for it. And a lot of people that we, we feel maybe be a little bit too young are having heart attacks or dying in their sleep. So it's just something that we should pay attention to, that life is fleeting. Know. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it goes to show that in the past few years, we've really come to understand the importance of talking about mortality. Because we clearly were ignoring these stories only a few years ago, you know? Only a few years ago, we weren't talking about the kids getting myocarditis, and no. yeah, it, you know, it, for whatever reason, you know, yeah, and, it's it's as if there was some kind of intervention that that happened that that you know people had to partake in that they were extorted and 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 manipulated. Well, I don't know about any of that, Luke. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just yeah. saying, no, I'm just spec speculating here. I'm not and saying. Don't anything. say that thing that rhymes with schmentanol either. Okay, don't don't bring that up. Oh yeah, I, I have no idea. I have, no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just saying, look, Coolio, look, is it is it. I, maybe it's unfair to accuse him of having done drugs. Maybe it's not. Musicians and, and you know, rock stars, he had, you know, big hit in the 90s. Maybe high risk he, lifestyle. Yeah, high risk, man. You know, maybe, maybe that's what it's about, all about, and you know. And it, maybe it's climate change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's what I was uh, about yeah. to say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> if yeah, only maybe. those damn Republicans funded climate know, change, right? you know, Coolio would still be alive. Sad, yeah. really. Well, now, uh, oh, actually, let's, let's do this. Let's pull up this... Uh, do I have this story? Let me see if I if I still have it. I might I might not have it. Here we go. Here we go. We got the story here from oh. CBS. Don Lemon <laughs> tries to pin <laughs> Hurricane Ian on climate change without evidence. Oh, that's that's an excellent headline from a CBS outlet. <laughs> like seriously, it's a local outlet. local. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, of course. So let me let me uh, let me play this clip because it's 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 so. 
Can you tell us what this is oh, and what effect climate change has on this phenomenon? Well, we can come back and talk about climate change at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall, and that's basically the second eye wall wow. has overtaken wow. the original very, very eye wall, and that should arrest development. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that that is happening now because it seems these storms are intensifying that's the question here. i don't think you can link climate change to any one event okay. on the whole on the cumulative uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse uh, but uh, to link it to any one event um, I, I would caution against that okay well they, uh, listen i grew up there and these storms are intensifying something is causing them to intensify <laughs> so this storm is just it's a massive one it's a fact trust the science they said as don lemon goes i'm talking to a scientist but i have personal anecdotal experience and i think the storms are worse but how does that fit there? into my talking <laughs> yeah, point duh. i have a talking point and what you're saying doesn't fit with it so can you Take what you're saying and fit it into my script that I wrote for you. Can what you is, recommend is, another scientist to speak to? Because uh, I'm not trusting. He's like science. that guy's never coming back on ever. Yeah. Again. No, I mean, uh, Don Lemon's not really known for his uh, intelligence. He 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 prophesized and theorized how a black hole swallowed the Malaysian airplane mm -hmm. just a few years ago. So so we're not expecting much from him. I'm not at least. That was funny when he did that. And the lady, I made a little video about it years ago. He's talking to this woman and he's like, you know, a lot of people online are saying that uh, the plane may have been swallowed by a black hole. And I know it's preposterous, but is it preposterous, Mary? And the woman goes, oh, your rear plane is a small black hole would swallow the whole universe. Oh gosh. She actually better. says a small black hole would better. swallow the whole universe. So good. And it's just like, lady, there's like a billion black holes or whatever like that we can see. No, but Snopes really did a fact check on that and it's actually tr it's true. A small black hole would actually... Yeah, Snope, well, Snopes did a fact check. So There's a super massive black yeah. hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy, as far as we <laughs> as we believe. And the uh, universe still exists, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's Don Lemon. And then when I, when I brought that up, I've had people defend him over that. And they're like, well, you know, he's just trying to do a show. And I'm like, what? Yo, if I get a couple of stoners and sit him down, and they're sitting there with big bicycle, you know, big twirly mustaches being like, dude... What if a black hole ate a plane? I'd be like, I'd, I'd be like, all right, this is a good show. Let's order some pizzas, get some sodas, and just let it roll because this is funny. But when CNN, the most trusted name in news, is is doing things like that, I gotta say, you know, like, you know, maybe your brand ain't all what a crack, what's it, what it's cracked up to be. This clip is amazing because what did he try three times? He's like, how does climate change play? Roy goes, uh, it doesn't, and he goes. Well, you know, but, but climate change, and he's like, no, no climate change. Well, I live there, so climate change. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to know about, I don't want to know about the hurricane. I want to know why hurricanes are getting, you know, bigger because of climate change. Why can't you answer my do question? We, do we have issues like this? You know, <laughs> I, know, I know that the liberal left, Democrat types, like it's like fascism, white supremacy, climate change. They can easily just shout anything. Like, yeah. you know, young kids are getting sick and having heart attacks. Must be climate change. Mm -hmm. No, no doubt. No, I'm not kidding. There were articles talking about how there was an increase in like heart attacks or cardiac events, 
And they're like, we think uh, climate change is causing it. And I'm like, whatever, boss. Do we have anything like that? Can I be like Don Lemon asking this question is communism? Can I just accuse <laughs> everything? Of, yeah, everything's communism. Yeah. But at the, and at the same time, uh, remember the story. It, it wasn't even a, tr a direct Trump quote, but there was a story that Trump asked why we couldn't nuke a hurricane like can't we just nuke a hurricane and and people got upset with him like oh my god why would he do that it's like because he wants to stop a hurricane <laughs> i mean it's not it's not like a nefarious thing it's not like the the nuclear bomb is gonna make the hurricane stronger you know Maybe. it's like he's trying to stop uh, a hurricane. Up, 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 up. haven't you seen what is it the core have you seen the core with uh, Aaron Hillary Eck Swank. I watch a lot of crappy action yes. movies. Aaron Eckhart. I've seen the core. So they go down to the center of the earth and then they have to detonate a bunch of nukes in succession. Well, so I guess the plan was to drop a bunch of nukes and then blow them all up so it starts the core spinning again. Like, okay, hold on. The core of the earth stops spinning. So like sense, yeah. the planet's being destroyed because there's no magnetosphere or whatever. So they have to like drill to the center of the earth and then they like they find that the mantle's actually hollow or something. I don't know, there's dinosaurs or whatever. There's no dinosaurs, I'm kidding. But anyway, they get to the core <laughs> what? and then they're like, you know, land of the lost. But anyway, they get to the core and they're like, we got to detonate these nukes and then it will start the spin again and keep the core going, which will generate the magnetic sphere or whatever, uh, and magnetosphere. And then they find out that they actually miscalculated this, the size. They didn't realize the earth was hollow. So they don't, don't have enough nuclear power in, in, the, in the warheads to actually, you know, spin the core. So what they do is they deploy them in succession. So it creates a ripple effect. So it goes one, two, three instead of all at once and that's so mm. so maybe maybe trump was not wrong you know a single nuke won't do it but 12 nukes could sounds one good. two sounds three right. four and then it stops the spin from happening if like 12 that. nukes could save a one human life then it's no, worth they it. did the same thing when he asked if uh we could drone strike uh the cartels and everyone was like, what an idiot he is asking if we can drone strike. It's like, well, we, I mean, I mean we drone strike weddings in the Middle East. And no yeah, one has I mean, a problem with that. Yeah, Barack so, Obama's blown up kids. It's like this, you know? These guys are making drugs that are killing our citizens. And we can drone strike a wedding in the Middle East. Everyone will be silent. But, you know, you want to kill cartel members. I think the reality is that, like, if we nuked the hurricane, all that would do is make a radioactive hurricane. And it would be like blowing radioactive <laughs> particles everywhere, and it would just be that much worse. No, I think you the media. You surf that I, though, for I, sure. I think the media would come out and go, "Why would he want to do that to that poor hurricane? Why they would just spin it to say like, you know, he's racist against hurricanes or something?" Oh yeah, they'd be like, "This is a natural phenomenon. He clearly hates the environment. It's just, he, he just wants he to destroy Mother Nature." Na yeah, Mother Nature. <laughs> He's sexist against Mother Nature. Yep, yep. Well, Tim ruined my night because now I have to go home and watch The Core. Oh, no. no, you don't. Yes, I, I, <laughs> no, you don't. I, I do now. I do. Yes, I do. And who, who else is in it? Is, it's Hillary Swank. Is Stanley, oh, my Stanley God. Tucci in it? It's an all-star cast. Yeah, and some, I think somebody died in it, too. Like, they stayed down in The Core while Yeah, a bunch of yeah. them do. I can't remember, you know. Did yeah, Bruce I, Willis have to stay back to save the world? No, No, that was the it. other one. That was Armageddon. Armageddon. God, yeah. But then there's also, wasn't there another movie that was basically the same as The Core? Because they did Armageddon. Oh, no, it was Deep Impact. But that's the same time it came out as Deep came Impact out was the same as Armageddon. Though. Yes. Right. Oh, you're saying there's another core. Yeah. Wasn't oh, not to there? watch both of them. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't watch Armageddon without watching Deep Impact. <laughs> Stanley Gosh. Tucci, uh, Bruce Greenwood, <laughs> who uh, he was like the captain in Star Trek. Oh, uh, the Star Trek movies. Uh, yeah, Stanley Tucci uh, sacrifices himself. At least those were original ideas in Hollywood. You know, like they were like Paramount's coming out with one about the core now. 
So we got to come out with one. Yeah, too. what's up with that? At least it, it was like original ideas. Now it's just like they're remaking yeah, remakes because the other studios remaking the other remake. Yo, how many Spider Men? Spider Men's do we have? How many just Godzillas like, have there been? Like oh. Godzilla remakes? It's ridiculous. Well, cultural stagnation, man. But at least Spider Man. That, that She Hulk. She Hulk though. Oh, a, oh, oh that's a phenomenal great. film. Love it. It's, it's, a a, it's not a film. Beautifully, it's a series. Oh, but it feels like, like a film. Ah, yes. it, but it feels I'm, like a film. It's, I must have only like watched the first episode. No, 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 no. Look, I'm a huge MCU <laughs> fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the MCU. And She-Hulk is some of the worst. You just caught me in an NPC. I've ever seen? I've ever seen. Look, the, I, I praised the first couple episodes. Like, no, that's entertaining. Like, she's fighting with the Hulk, and they're talking about superheroes and stuff. The show now is trying to be a lawyer comedy written by people who don't know anything about lawyers. And it's just really, really bad. The last episode was so bad that I was just clicking skip every few, I'd, I'd like, <laughs> I'd click 10 second jump and then they'd be nonsense in 10 seconds, nonsense, 10 seconds, nonsense. Nah, 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 nah. And then I was like, okay, there was no episode here. I'll, I'll tell you when I, like the show starts and she, and she looks to the camera and she goes, yes, this episode is a self-contained wedding episode. And I was like, okay, next. It is some of the worst programming. So now I've ever I have to watch seen. both core movies and the entire season of She-Hulk because <laughs> yeah. the worse it is, the more I have to watch it. And oh, it's it's so bad. Oh, no. oh man! And they're dangling watch. Daredevil in front of everybody to convince people to watch it. That's the only thing they got. Oh, Daredevil! Oh, because he's a lawyer. Because right, and he's going to be yeah. in like episode eight or something. Don't you ever like watching like a two hundred million dollar piece of hot garbage though? And you're like, <laughs> how? Here's what we're doing. I got it. I'm going to make a new movie, and it's about a guy. Uh, named Andrew, who can uh, has the powers of an alpaca. Oh, yeah, it's alpaca powers. Sure, and and it's going to be good because you think about Spider Man, and it's like one of the hottest Marvel properties, and it's the stupidest concept for a superhero. <laughs> like if you if you were like, it's a guy who can throw, uh, he can freeze things. It's like okay, it's a guy who can throw fireballs. Like I get it. It's a guy who is spider. He can climb walls and stuff. I'd be like, well, okay, I guess. So, you know, we grew up with it, so we think it's normal. I think that if I make Alpaca Man and, you know, he's really strong and he's hairy and, you know, he's like Sasquatch or something. And he makes he, sweaters from his sheddings, yeah, right? Well, you know, maybe. But, like, he spits on people. I think Alpaca spit on <laughs> can, people, right? Can we, uh, can we have a That's Wolverine camels. cameo, too? Can we do yeah. that? And, he, and Wolverine's shearing him as, like, to be polite <laughs> yeah, with his things. He's he shearing he the hair. sweaters out of his hands. <laughs> All right, okay, no, you guys are making fun of my idea. How about we do a better one? It's a guy, and he uh, he, he can... Uh, no, I like the alpaca thing. I'm taking it. I, here's what I'm saying. I could make <laughs> I could make alpaca man, and with good story writing, it would work, and it would be an original idea. We're culturally stagnant. We've got 87 Spider-Man movies, 87 Marvel movies, and now, like, the whole MCU is just vomiting up old stories from the 50s, 60s, 70s. They're just regurgitating all the same characters again and again and again. It's like someone just make something new. Just anything. She-Hulk. She-Hulk is not new. <laughs> She-Hulk is from the 70s. You want to know why? Did it's you not know that? But but She-Hulk hasn't been uh, a property, like a yes, movie it has. property. There's multiple comics. There's there's television show arcs. Bro, She-Hulk is a long-standing She-Hulk's character. She-Hulk's been on TV? Yes. Really? Now, She-Hulk is a character that's appeared on numerous shows in the Marvel Universe. I did not know that. Yes. Well, like in the comics, obviously. But, but on cartoons, I think she was in the X-Men Saturday morning cartoon oh. in the 90s and stuff like that. She-Hulk she is a character that's been around for a long time, for decades. And they're just saying, like, let's pull up the old library of things that have been made 50, 60 years ago and redo it. 
And I'm just like, bro, I would rather watch a guy who looks like an alpaca fighting crime. It's because yeah. China is the biggest market for Hollywood now. And, you know, that like Transformers 57 just goes off the chart. You like, this is why I like, like Fast and the Furious. Because Fast and the Furious is relative, a relatively new cultural phenomenon. I love Fast. The Fast and the Furious cinematic universe is, is the greatest cinematic universe. And, you know, they went to outer space in the last one. I talk about this all the time. In F9, they go to outer space. In Hobbs and Shaw, they got a super soldier, cybernetically enhanced. I'm saying in F10, I want to see superpowers or maybe mech suits. I, 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 I saw Paul Walker. I like, saw a comedian. Um, I saw a comedian on TikTok uh, talk about. Uh, he was. He was like. I was watching one of the Fast and Furious movies, and and uh, they introduced Ludacris's character, and he, you know, he has a garage, and then he had his side hustle is that you know he organizes these races. Right. And then he goes, I hadn't really seen everything in the series. And I go to like, I skip to like to episode nine or 10. And there's ludicrous. He's like, I'm hacking into the Pentagon. Like, where, how did, where did that arc come from? Like, he was a guy in a garage Dude, and now you he's know, a You know where the arc, the, it all changed. I think it was Fast Five when they're taking the plane off the, the runway and it's like a 30 minute scene and it takes 30 minutes for the plane to take off. And you're just like, okay, the suspension of disbelief is like, this has been 30 minutes that they've been on this runway. I mean, it makes no sense. These movies are, they're so over the top and so ridiculous, but there's just, there's just something about them that, uh, that make them entertaining. Yeah, Vin Diesel's biceps. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. <laughs> for, for F10, they have mech suits and Ludacris is like, he, you know, Dom is like, we got a problem. You know, my brother is joined up with my other brother and my sister and now they're taking over the world. And he's like, I don't know how we stop him. And Ludacris is like, I got you. And he builds a mech suit, like an Iron Man suit. <laughs> and then Dom is like, he can fly. And he's like, you know, and then they all get mech suits. And then what happens is for F-11, you know, he's wearing the new experimental armor from Ludacris. And while he's fighting a group of terrorists, there's damage to the fusion core, which, which bl blows up, causing a chain reaction and all the suits erupt. But the energy from the core gives them all superpowers. And now, you know, now he can actually He can fly. just run faster than his Dodge Charger. Yeah, now he's got super speed. So he's like, you want to race? And then he's like, got to go fast. <laughs> and then what we do is we start a, we start a, a petition. NOS button. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get Disney to buy Universal so we can introduce them into the MCU. And then we'll have an original new thing over. Okay, how about this? We just start making movies that don't suck. We're doing it. No. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm waiting, I, I'm, I'm waiting for, that. I'm waiting for trans Hulk. Okay. That's yes. gonna, It's going to come in the next few years and there's going to be microaggressions and they're going to Hulk out and it's going to be awesome <laughs> to see. And I'm, and I'm waiting for that movie. Did you just misgender me? <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's put this story here. Talking about culture. We got this from IndieWire. It's weirdly hard to read. Stranger Things star. What's his name? Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. Caleb. It's Caleb cut off by the thing. McLaughlin calls out fan racism. Why am I the least favorite? Hmm. You feel the bigotry, McLaughlin said. Sometimes it's hard to talk about and for people to understand, but when I was younger, it definitely affected me a lot. First, I want to point out, here's what he said. He said, why am I the least favorite? Have the least amount of followers. He says, a part of a deep conversation. I'm on the same show as everybody from season one. So like the dude has less followers than his co-stars. Co co so he immediately sues his because people don't like him because he's black. Now, in that capacity, right there, I saw this story and a lot of other people saw the story and they started saying like, oh, this is wokeness, this is a problem. And then I read further and I realized he is 100% correct. I believe the reason he has less followers is because many fans of the show are in fact racist and he hit the nail on the head with the hammer. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You want to know what, what, what's missing from the context in this conversation? He says... 
Sometimes overseas, you feel the racism. You feel the bigotry. Sometimes it's hard to talk about and for people to understand. But when I was younger, it definitely affected me a lot. That's right. Outside of the United States, there's probably a lot of people who won't follow him because they are racist. You take a look at what happened with Star Wars in China, and they took the dude who played Finn off the cover. Were they shrink him or something or they put him in a helmet? They put him in a helmet. They put him in a helmet yeah. because they were like, people in China are very, mm-hmm. very racist and they don't want to see this. And so the Disney, as, as, an, as a corporation, was like, yeah, we're totally fine with that. That to me is insane. But this dude's seemingly not talking about people in America. He's saying like, I got less followers than them. Yeah, it's probably people in China and other countries that would watch Stranger Things but are racist. So there you go, man. You know, I'm, I'm on his uh, tw- um, Instagram page right now. It, it doesn't look like he, he posts a lot. And he already, as of now, has 15.4 million followers. Oh, Why does he wow. have more followers than me? That's it's because fair. people don't like mixed race people. That is the only possible explanation. Oh, my God. That's it. I can't believe only 15 million people would follow him. That's, That's 15.4. Unreal. Yes, he's on Instagram. Of, he's one of the most famous people in the world, and he's like, he's like, man, the people overseas don't like me as much as my other cast members. And he's not uh, that what active. What a victim. Like, he, he, he posted on July 30th, September 9th. Oh, yeah. Isn't that September what people... 12th, September 16th, September 18th, and that's it. Post... That's all the posts. Wait, did he? Maybe he deleted some or something. So uh, this is inadvertently making the case that America is, in fact, the greatest country on earth. We're more America? enlightened, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But saying. that's why people don't want you to like real. So if you're saying that America is an inherently racist country, can you find me one that isn't? Exactly. That's a good question. Well, if America is the least racist country, but it is racist, then every country is substantially worse and more racist. There you go. Uh, Bingo. You got it. That's well. that's it. But you're not allowed to say that, so this show's shut down, and <laughs> that'll be it. You know, America a is run. a great place. Yeah, that's why everybody desperately wants to be here. Correct. And then you know what's funny is we're seeing these videos. There's a video that went viral that uh, Jack Posobiec was sharing about this like white woman, and she's like, "Hi everybody, I moved down to Guatemala to be part of a sustainable living community." <laughs> and then she's like spinning, and like, there's like she's like, "There's an active volcano." And then I saw that, and I was like, "Is this why woke people don't like white people? Because <laughs> they suck. I, like." <laughs> It's it's a really annoying thing to have these like hippie man bun, you know, uh, like elitists be like, I'm going to move down to Guatemala to teach the poor people. And it's just like, yeah, is that Peru. what they were talking about? Because I got I to gotta agree. That is annoying for these people to do. But it's funny because you have white people leaving the U.S., going to Mexico and going to Central America. At the same time, you have people from Central America trying to come to the United States. So as you just, you know, it's kind of funny how that works. Huh? You know. I, I just can't stop thinking about this this kid he wants to be a victim so bad. He's a millionaire. He's on a hit series. 15.4 million people follow mm-hmm. him. And yet he's he's like, it's not enough. Like you he, he you really need to I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a quote from an article, you know, it, maybe there's more to this kid. But you know, Caleb, if you're listening, just appreciate what you have, you know, and don't don't get don't caught think, up in the numbers. Yeah, don't get caught up in what you don't have mm-hmm. and and how other people think about you. Appreciate the fact that 15.4 million kids yeah. uh, like you and love you and that you're a millionaire and you're that, probably set for life. That you could reach out to and have a positive impact yeah. on by promoting personal responsibility, good values, good morals, and you could lead as an example of something good 
rather than, of course, just concentrating on something that, that is negative. And, and I think there is an aspect of society promoting victimization, uh, promoting, as you mentioned, Andrew, this larger idea, hey, I'm the victim here, mm-hmm. and now you have to really like my stuff on social media. And the algorithms promote that stuff. And I, and I think it's, it's disgusting. I think it should be pushed back on because in, in, in reality, like we're some of the most privileged, one of the richest people on the face of the world just by simply living here in the United States. We're so freaking lucky. Not just in the world, to, in human history. Yeah, 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 in human history. So freaking lucky. Everything at our fingertips. And if you want something, go out there and get it. There shouldn't be anything standing in, in your way. But that's hard. So I, I just looked up. To do, so. I yeah, looked, it I is looked, hard. I looked at the net worth don't like hard. of this, the cast of Stranger Things. The first thing I want to say is these like celebrity net worth websites are just very wrong. Like, oh yeah, of, of course. Oh, yeah, one of them wrong. said that like Ian was worth like five million dollars or whatever, and and we were all kind of like like ten million, but whatever. But, but no, we were kind of like maybe there's something we're Dude, not. That graphene, he's got those. Yeah. I mean, he's a co-founder of Minds, and Minds is worth a lot, so like maybe it wasn't wrong. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure this stuff's not true. But anyway, it says that Caleb McLaughlin's net worth is four million dollars, and there's um there's another person. Let me let me pull this back up. Whose net worth is only one million dollars? I think it's one. I think is it is it Maya? Aren't no. all those like AI generated websites that are? No, this is a different one. This is Netflix Life. And oh, okay. It, but it did look at those websites and then compile them. But uh, let's see. Joe Keery's four million. Charlie Heaton's five million. I mean, uh, okay, here you go. Sadie Sink is worth a million bucks. But she's new. Right. Uh, she's right, new. Right. Yeah. But so so anyway, my point is, I don't know what their net worth actually is, but I'm pretty sure everyone on this show is a millionaire. And so there is something special about a group of millionaires and the and the, the not even the lowest millionaire is complaining about not having enough. Oh, and there's just God. something where it's like I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that, you know what I mean? Like it's a big group of ultra rich people on a very successful and popular show and one dude's like I'm the least favorite, it's not okay and it's like, well, you're still like literally in the top 1000 richest people on the planet or something like that. I mean, this like, how many million be a well, story. not a top 1000. This shouldn't even be a news story. It's like, oh, well, uh, people overseas don't like me so much. Okay. And that's it. Like, wow. But he, he, he does <laughs> mention that people wouldn't get in line for him at Comic-Con. Mm. Some people didn't stand in my line because I was black. Some people told me, <laughs> I don't want to be in your line because you are mean to 11. How does this happen, right? I mean, like, no, I mean this for real. Like, did somebody come up to him and tell him that? Just like say racist things to him? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. They wouldn't get in. I mean, what's what's the proof? Oh, but I, I mean, it makes tons of sense. Somebody gets in line, they wait for twenty minutes, and they get up to him and say, "I hey, just want to let you know, like me and my friends, you know, didn't want to get in line because of your race, that's right?" Ridiculous. That's that, that's. Do what you remember that BYU story from a couple of weeks ago? Um, no, we're, we're talking about volleyball player. Yeah, yeah, and it was like yeah, totally just, made up. That got a ton of clicks, and then the you know the real story is I, like that nobody wants to hear that. So I think that's the point. Is like, hey, how do you? You know, keep yourself relevant. How do you get in the headlines? Well, just why don't you go say something controversial that's going to get both sides to click on these websites and to talk about you and to follow you on social media. Now. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. This, this worked. They and were this like, kid, this kid, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, he's going to absolutely get sympathy subscribers. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I really like him, and I should have probably followed him. I don't want to be a racist, so I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm going to like click follow on this guy. Uh, but he's he's 
like a B-list actor. He's not like he. I mean, when you compare him to Finn Wolfhard or Millie Bobby Brown, I mean, they're like the the breakout stars of that show. Yeah. He's not, and and it's it, maybe it's because of his character, the way it's written or whatever. But it's like if you go to Comic Con, like there's not a lot of time. You have to you have to look at the list and and see the agenda like who's going to be there and you kind of map out and you go okay I really want to meet this person I want to meet this person and he wouldn't like if I was a kid if I was a Stranger Things fan I I don't know if he'd be in my top twenty honestly here's what I'll say about Stranger Things though mad respect for something original you yeah. know mm-hmm. it is original well, they stole that from the like, Montauk project no I know but the, but the, the <laughs> Montauk, the Montauk yeah, project he's right Richie is absolutely right people. right the Montauk project yeah, was written in what like 93 or something let me see um, this this one but, yeah let me see it. let's see what's no, the this year is, this is I think the second one was written somewhere in there in like 89 90s. or something it was 92 92 I was close I was close and again nothing I'm, I have nothing against this kid I don't know but, anything about his personal life but you know he's he's not one of the breakout stars of the show the Montauk project is fake news you know, and it's made to look real, and it's very, it's very clever and very well done. But my understanding is, it's, it's total fiction. And mm. uh, I did a bunch of research into it a while. We're gonna ago. have to have a debate on this sometime. It, it looks I like actually, maybe in the after It looks show. like a Mark Dice book. So I did, I did a bunch of, <laughs> I, I did a bunch of research into it, and it's like considered to be the, the 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 story behind it is that they wanted to make a book that overlapped with reality and it would sell better and be marketed as something real, but it was just like a fun shock. Who story. Preston Nichols? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's what I read. But uh, so maybe it's not true. Maybe maybe it's all real. I, you can watch interviews with this guy Preston Nichols. I mean, he's he's a nutty dude, but he definitely knows like radios and frequencies and all that stuff. And when he talks about how he participated in this project, what, he like right, draws right. diagrams and my, like. My, my point is, Stranger Things is inspired by the Montauk Project, but it's like an original concept with like characters and you know the upside down the the, the reality. I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I agree. I think the show's bad. You know, the last season was just miserably terrible, but I like it because they're doing something new, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what do we got now? We got a prequel of Game of Thrones, a prequel of Lord of the Rings. We get more Marvel derivative garbage, and it's just like... Okay, you know, you know when it all point, happened? What? You know when it all started? When? It was, I think 1997 was seven years in Tibet, and they banned that movie from China. And I think it was MGM that produced it. They'd lost hundreds of millions of dollars. And after that, it was like a message to Hollywood. Oh. Like, yo, our market's huge, and it better appeal to us as well as the American audience as well as you know so now it's a global market that you're that you're but that would, going that, for that, so that's an argument for making new things not for regurgitating no because the, the, you ha, it has to be homogenized to the point where you know it's going to work across a broad right, population which, which makes sense that you could write something new to work across No, because the then you don't know how it's going to do you, you're like Transformers 67 did great so let's just do 68 and 69 well of course but that's not that's well, not let's put a Chinese actress in there to appeal to China so we can get like oh that was, like how do the Chinese like feel about this new dollars. idea they're like I that have was no Shang-Chi clue. Shang-Chi was very obviously like they were trying to break into the Chinese market because the movie had no reason to be in San Francisco at all. Did you guys see it, Shang Chi? Uh, I don't watch Chinese propaganda. It, it, whatever. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like all it's, of Hollywood now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but it was like you, you wonder why it is this guy was in San Francisco at all. It's like the story is very much centered around China, and then the main character is like, "I'm in San Francisco now for some reason," and now we're going back to China, and they go to like portal to another reality with like I don't know pandas or something. And then there's like a that's demon. what they did with Doctor Strange too, right? They they changed the Tibetan character. Yeah, yeah that was so. This is really funny. So I now saw, you have to watch the core and yeah, Shang Chi. <laughs> I do. So so before and we, I want to say got a more, lot of work cut out yeah. for me. So there's this meme going around because of the Ariel thing where they made the Ariel's portrayed by a black actress, 
And so they uh, there's a meme where it's a bunch of non-white characters that were played by white actors. And they were like, no one cared, no one cared, no one cared. And then it shows the, the, the screaming Wojak when it shows Ariel. And they're like, the meme basically says like, nobody cares when white actors play characters of color. And it showed the ancient one in the comic, Tibetan guy. And then it showed uh, Tilda Swinton. And then I had to tell people like, whenever I see the meme, I'm like, actually the fans were really upset that they got a, a white woman to play that because the reason they got rid of the ancient one was not because of racism, it was because they were trying to appease China. And China didn't want a Tibetan guy Mm-hmm. And so everyone, everyone all of a sudden is like, "There you go." Oh, that actually makes sense. Why? Like, oh, okay. So wait, you mean the fans really were mad about that? Yeah. Like, but like while you're explaining that, they, they tuned into like the next TikTok video, and they're like, "Wait, what'd you say?" Sorry, I didn't <laughs> yeah. hear that. Was, and then they started doing a weird meme dance. dance, and then in China they'd ban that stuff. But they always complain about uh, like, oh, you know, for, for they always say that oh, people are racist if you you know you gender swap. Or if you uh, race swapping, N- nobody cares. Like Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, N- where was the outrage there? Well, Robert Nick, Downey Jr. Cared. dude, Robert Downey Jr. He's no, still he's he's not Nick canceled. Fury in the comics. He was, did uh, was made black a long time ago. Tropic Thunder, but he but he was white originally. And, and I same, think and the same thing with the the Fantastic Four. I hear that they're that they're looking to possibly make it an all black cast when uh, when the last Fantastic no. Four they had. They I, the, swapped out Johnny Johnny Storm with Michael B. Jordan, right? But, but I think the uh, the latest news on Fantastic Four is they're going to get um, uh, what's her name, Daddario and her brother, Alexandria Daddario and her brother. Is that, a, is that her name, Dar- Dar- Dario or something? But I don't know, silly. whatever. But her and her brother are going to play Susan Storm. That's what that's what the rumor is. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Uh, what's that guy's name? John Krasinski. Is that yeah. the guy? I think he did he did he did great as Reed Richards, but I guess they're not going to use him. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel he like he looks MC- great. It, 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 he looks, he looks like I know. Reed Richards. But he's a, he's a good character anyway. He's a good actor. But I, I got to be honest. I think the MCU is just completely done. It's just become regurgitated derivative garbage at this point. It had something unique when they were like re- reinvigorating these stories, like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. And I think Endgame was the Endgame. I think after that, it's just been like. Bleep. Like Black Widow is awful. Oh then, yeah, just, I mean it was. There's a. Uh, I can't remember who did it. I'm really sorry, but there was. There's. There's like a. It feels like it's a five hour breakdown of this movie showing every tiny little thing that's wrong with it, and it's it's brilliant. I can't remember who, who did it, uh, but I watched the the last Spider Man movie, and I've kind of given up. Like I didn't. I didn't think about. Uh, watching Thor, I didn't watch Doctor Strange. I'm, I was never going to watch She Hulk. Uh, well, they're they're not like, telling original stories. They're, they're not. Here, I like Doctor Strange. It's a movie. It's an origin story. It's a guy's doing his thing. Sure, Doctor Strange. Okay Doctor Strange Two is Avengers. Like Thor, Avengers. It's all just Avengers now. It's all like here's 27 characters all dancing on stage. And it's just and it's more just of like, a video game than a movie. Like how much yeah. of that movie is CGI versus like you look at the budget and then you look at the credits and there's like. 20 actors and like 600 animators. And the only reason we I go. would actually watch it is because it's Sam Raimi directing, but that's it. We got to go to Super Chats because yes. we're way behind. So if you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have an uncensored show coming up through at 11 p.m. Don't want to miss it. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Let's read Super Chats. Faster, faster. faster. All right. Yes. <laughs> Jack Attack says, the hurricane is worse than I thought. It's knocked out the power grid in Cuba. Thousands are without power in Florida. But worse than that, the Waffle Houses have closed. That's mm. what I it's said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about. cereal now. Everybody's like, Tim, move to Florida. Tim, That's when you Florida. know it's serious. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe. You know. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, 
Broken brain Biden, totally unawares. Broken brain, broken brain, broken brain Biden fell up the <laughs> stairs. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Biden's broken brain back together again. Thanks for that one. It's kind of sad when you hear it like that. Yeah, there you go. How is nobody asking CB, about Luke's cans? What? What are you what talking, are you talking about? about? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. CB Robertson says, Didn't enjoyed notice. the debate about hatred on Monday. I wrote a book called In Defense of Hatred. Oh. What people who reject hatred fail to realize that there is no love without the possibility of hatred. Oxytocin is tied with both. Very interesting. Passion. Passion. Hmm. Deserto says, little hand says, it's time to rock and roll. Brandon sure. Hampson says Luke got a breast reduction. That was a point break quote. Now I can finally pay attention to what Tim is saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Daniel Caven says glad to see the Inflation Reduction Act worked on Luke. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Not Bob Saget says please book Alex Jones and Immortal Technique together on the same show would go down as a top three show of all time. It would be a great debate. I think they already interviewed each other. Uh, and debate they they argue oh uh, well they come from different perspectives um but they had a, a cordial sit down and a conversation that it was very interesting between the two and um i held the rally with uh, some of my friends in 2006 and it was uh, me uh, immortal technique alex jones and the, the makers of loose change we were all at the fifth anniversary at ground zero together and we held an event that raised money for 9 11 first responders so shouts out to uh, immortal technique he always did a lot of grassroots work helping a lot of uh people who needed a lot of help he's helping a lot, a lot a lot of people now check out a lot of his projects that he's doing and i think he would be great for the show and it would it might even be a debate which would be interesting Boris Kafifievich says Lydia's expression at Luke's, quote, clapping butt cheeks comment was worth, <laughs> worth every penny of this super chat. I didn't notice that. Unnecessary description. Thank By the way, that quote that was just read from Point Break is actually the quote it's that's on the back of my shirt on the back of right shirt. now. What is the little, quote? Little hand says. It's oh, is that what it is? It says little hand says it's time to rock and yeah. roll. Yeah. Well, there you go. Richie's movie. Why does it say 2018? We, we do a different one every year with a different quote. Uh, Pinochet's helicopter tour says, Tim, the word you're looking for is demoralization. Lizzo mocking the flute is just part of what Yuri Bezmenov warned us about. This was purposeful. No, someone someone also said it's defile. Uh, no, 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 defile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. W was, was maybe better. Um, I don't know if, de I think demoralization is the bigger picture. You know, taking uh, items significant to your country's history and then bring up on stage as a spectacle in an entertainment show where it's just like, it diminishes it, you know. Yeah, demoralization. Cheeseburger says it's over, folks. Those who wanted to fix it are demoralized while the rest of our brothers and sisters are all cheering as the train approaches the cliff. Mm. I don't know about that. Do you feel demoralized? No. Nope. I feel, I feel uplifted. Myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't feel demoralized. I feel like all of this stuff is actually lighting a, a fire of passion. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. just go down in a hell of gunfire, and, but I won't be demoralized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of what we're seeing is it, it's not like I used to when I was younger, I'd say like, don't bother voting, stuff like that. Like, who cares? But now I'm like, everyone, you got to get out. You got to vote. This is, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm more passionate about this stuff than ever. Yeah, ye 24. 2024? You voted for Kanye. Yes, I did. I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it for 24. You're, you're on the fence. He has a, he has a good co couple good uh, policy positions I'm considering. So. BP23 says, James Madison owned slaves. He was a slave owner, right? Yet she was so honored <laughs> to play his flute. Seems huh? odd. 
Congrats, Lizzo. You played the same notes he played to his slaves. Shaking my head. Was he a slave owner, though? I know. I'd assume he probably was, but maybe not. Someone want to fact check that? I like that story. I think we go with it. I, li- I like that. But the, they, they would argue that she's appropriated. She's taken it from him. Yeah, she's taken yeah. it back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there you Makes go. She also, she also, you know, people, two, there's people are saying two things. They're saying she played the flute. She didn't really. She like tooted the flute and then gave it back. Some people are saying she doesn't know how to play a flute. Actually, she, she she's like, like a trained no, she flautist. she does. Yeah, yeah, she's a flautist. Did you say flautist? Is yeah. That, that's a, yeah, right. That's the, yeah. Yeah, it's flautist. flautist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was. I I think she's a flautist in that the way she flouts, you know, the way oh, <laughs> yeah. cheeks. But you know, I guess there's two different definitions. Yes. Viola says, "I asked my parents if things have ever been this bad, and they said never. Mm-hmm. They're both 84 years old. Ooh. That's what I'm saying, man." So Never. does that mean they lived through World War II? Because if, if so, that's a little concerning. They, they would have been very young. Yeah, sure. yeah. That's, uh, that is concern. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about in the United States with mm, like gotcha. conflict. You know, people obviously in the Civil War would be like, oh, I remember what, you know. But those people aren't alive anymore. So although it'll be really interesting in the future when people are going to, it's going to be like 2163 and they're going to be like, Man, it's so bad in this in, in this country. Like, has it ever been this bad? Let's pull up the old pop podcast archives from Timcast IRL and <laughs> yeah. figure it out. This, yeah, we're just basically a time capsule for for everything. It's like you become out. a prophet like a hundred years from now. It's like he was saying that the Civil War was coming, <laughs> and it finally came, and there was a small band of Timcasters that and, were prepared. It will, it, but here's what would be funnier: if it's like a hundred years in the future, and they're like, in his old age, the crackpot was still adamant the Civil War, which never did come. <laughs> was coming. And it's a clip of me going, I'm telling you it's coming any day now. And it's just like this ratty old hut. with like this Your beanie's got like six holes in it. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. And then someone walks in like, okay, Grandpa, time to take your medicine. And I'm like, oh, I like my medicine. Like, Grandpa, well, there's no more cameras around. They haven't been there for 40 years. Well, how would they, have, how would they show it to the school children in the it's future? It's like they took away your show when you, when you said that joke about Pfizer. Well, it's like the, the you know the the Tim Cast hologram or whatever it is in the future, like what what whatever. Uh, yeah, like Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> like Tim's still doing shows. Wikipedia but, is saying but he's that not around. It's actually just AI. Wikipedia is saying James Madison had a population of over a hundred slaves. Yeah, he did own slaves. Nice. That's a lot. Yeah. Sure did. That's a lot in Virginia. I just got to say, like, there, if there's one thing that ever made me think it's not a good idea to be a public figure is that they're going to turn you into an AI creepo robot in the future. They're going to three, they're going to, they're going to create Android bodies. They're going to create an AI of you from all of your social media there. And then they're going to put it in the robot. And then there's going to be a weird facsimile of you walking around. And it's just so creepy. Do you think it's be weird? Like if, if you know, Kids will basically be able to know exactly who their grandparents, grand, grand great grandparents were. Crazy, like there's right? all these, you know. But it's not just that. It's that, like, when you think of your grandparents, you think of old people, and then you see these old photos of them when they were young. You're like, yeah. wow. What's going to happen now is, it's even it's even happening right now. It's crazy to like, looking at a celebrity today who's maybe like 50 years old, and seeing him in a movie. And then being like, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't watch their films and going back and seeing them mm-hmm. as a young person. It's like this is a, it, with with high definition footage and, 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 and cell phones. It's becoming more and more ubiquitous. Here's where we're headed, though. They're already talking about taking your your social, your Facebook and using all the information about you to create an AI that can simulate who you were, answer questions even about what you thought, what you felt. They can then put that into a robot body. And so your grandchildren like your dad. 
and your 30 year old grandchild is like, you know, my grandpa passed away a few years ago. So we built a 24 year old version, compiled his Facebook from when he was 24 <laughs> to create his 24 year old persona. And, and then, here's a robot of him. And here's a robot. And then all of a sudden this robot, it's not really you, there's no soul. But to other people, they see you going like, where am I? I, I was I was just in, in Harper's Ferry. What's going on? And it's like, grandfather, I'm your grandchild. And you're like, whoa. And then it's like, there's weird robot versions of you. And it could be like any, they could, they could take, they could say, how old do you want your grandfather to be? Oh, let's do a 35. Then they grab your social media profile from 35 and younger. And they take all that data into an AI and say, well, let's make him 40. Okay, we'll grab five more years, throw it in the mix. That's how crazy it's going to be. Oh, and I do have a fact check for you. Uh, Lizzo actually did play a little song on the flute. Oh, she did? She didn't yeah, just toot it? Did. I yeah. thought she tooted it and then handed it, handed yeah, it back. Yeah, so she's wearing a different outfit in this one. She's wearing like a black shirt and black pants. And that's when she does twerk while she's playing this flute. So, so she we, we is a flautist. The, we played yeah. the video of her twerking and then yelling, I just twerked. No, it wasn't that. Yeah, so she's We played the video of her totally doing different. it. They hand her the crystal flute. She toots it. But there was another video of her. <laughs> Why do you keep uh, saying was, toots it? Was yeah. it in concert or was it like notes? It was at the National Archives. It was at the National Archives. Oh, my God. Oh, I see. So in in the I National it was a butt archives, cheek you're making. she's twerking uh. and playing this historical flute, and I'm just grossed out beyond. My yeah, I, I I liken it to it's not just an action figure. Action figures have value to people, but this is a historical artifact that she basically ripped out of the packaging, and yeah, and now now it's no longer been the pristine crystal artifact. It's this just, this is like taking the Betsy Ross flag and doing a strip tease with it. Well, she played the flute. I don't like the stage performance thing because I think that was like the twerking stuff. But she actually twerked again at the thing. Yeah, she twerked in the National Archives. Okay, and you're right. I agree. in the National Archives. Classy. So gross. Classy woman. Okay, what if like the lead, what if, you know, Anthony Kiedis went up there and played the flute? What do you think the reaction would have been? I mean, my my attitude is the same. I don't care. Like, it's, it's, I'm not a fan. I I, I think. It's disrespectful. That's just me, man. I, 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 you'll notice this too for people who know me I have a bunch of artifacts I've got a Civil War rifle it's an actual Union rifle, rifled musket it's, it's, it's real oh it's you're, you're, you're telling me you like art you've showed me every sweet sword in here and I'm, I'm, I love those things yeah so. but you know so <laughs> uh, across the room I have a Union civil, I bought an antique shop I have a collection that I recently acquired of Life Magazine going back I have the first magazine the first edition of Life Magazine uh, offic- officially that was published it used to be uh, life used to be, they reformatted it, it was purchased, and they turned it into life. And I went to a few antique stores, I found hundreds of them, and it's amazing to be able to read what people thought yeah. or were being told a month before D-Day. Because you know what they were saying? The U.S. has sent armaments to the U.K. as a defensive measure. Oh, really? Is that what they did? Well, now we know the truth. Yeah. So reading that perspective of yeah. what they actually thought at the time, why they, how, how, why did they vote who they voted for? It's amazing. It's amazing. So I, I, I go to antique stores, I'm like, this is incredible. It's like pres- preserving the ideas, the memories, and the context of the past. Mm-hmm. For me, to see, like, if somebody tore a page out of an old book from the 1800s to use as a Kleenex, I'd be pissed off. Yeah. If somebody was using an old book from the 1800s as a window stopper, I'd be pissed off. Mm-hmm. To see somebody, anybody, be handed a flute that's never been played before, owned by the fourth president, and be like, twerk with it, baby! Even if it was some other rock star or some other famous person or Kenny G, whoever, I'd be like, dude. It's like watching. It's it's worse than someone tearing open, mm-hmm. you know, an original Star Wars action figure. Like that's just some cultural item. This is actually in the presidential archives. It's the history of this country. Well, yeah, it's our collective but culture outs- too. But outside, well, this this flute doesn't have anything with our culture. It was, we didn't even know about it. 
That's the, not what I'm the, talking it's, about. Uh, okay, but she played the flute. If she just played the flute and didn't work, and maybe Still she bad. would. But a flute's meant to be played, right? So, uh, no. I have a, a, a <laughs> rifled musket that's never been fired before. If someone were to fire that, it would ruin it. It'd be ruined. This is, no one's ever even dry fired this. It came out of an armory. It was produced for the union. It was never used, never given to anyone. Eventually, someone went in and they just dispersed these, uh, people started collecting these items and they were handed off. And this one found its way to an antique shop and it's got the certification and all that jazz. No one's ever dry fired it. That would, that would, that would alter it. Right now, if you want to see to the best of our, of, of, of our understanding what this thing looked like and how it responded before it's even been fired once, it's here. If someone were to load it and fire it, now it's got damage to it. Now it's got residue emplaced in, in, in it, and it's and it's not yeah. even from the same era. It's just like, dude, I think I I, I don't know, man. That's just me. That's just me. That's you're right. I'm. It's it's. I mean, that's what's happening with all the founding fathers is that the reverence that we had for them is now being not only called into question but thrown right into the garbage. So I think you're right that it is kind of a meme for what's actually happening across our culture. I and, just I just I just really love uh, like mementos and relics and curios and things like that when i whenever i would cover a news story i would always take a piece of that story back with me so i have uh i don't know where they are but i had fragments of the lenin statue they were just bits on the ground of marble that were sh from the shattered ground and i had like two little pieces i think they're gone i don't know where they are but i have um i have police tape from when the two officers were executed by that black nationalist in brooklyn mm -hmm. it happened on the street where mm -hmm. i lived so i walked outside my house and i saw the police tape ripped from when they closed it off 10 feet from my house. So I went up and I took a piece of it. And I said, this is from that moment. I have the newspaper from when Darren Wilson was acquitted, leading to the riots in Ferguson. I have an armband from the Thai uh, uh, protests. I, I collect these things because they're representations of the thing that happened of a piece of history. So that's just me. I collected so, riot munitions. Yeah, course, I've got, yeah. I've got from France, I've got, got you know, cool shells. I, I keep all those things. They, they're proof that something happened. That's not a story. It's, it's, this thing exists because of this moment in history. But I, I and I, I agree. I, I agree exactly what you said with the with the rifle, and I agree with with those things that are are part of a moment in time. I just don't think that the flute. What does the flute represent? Like what moment in time does the flute it represent? A, it, it was probably just a gift, and it's like here you go, Mr. President, and, and he never played it. Exactly. And, that right. That's, but but you like, know somebody understand. blowing air into a flute. I don't. I don't think is is. I think it's very different than than uh, taking a rifle that's that's as pristine as that one and shooting around. I like. I understand what you're saying, and I get that, and I agree with that. There think, was once think, a flute that had never been played. It no longer exists. It's gone. Uh, and, and I think that's a bad thing. But I don't think it was destroyed. It, there's nothing. The, the flute the, wasn't the, hurt. The idea of the pristine <laughs> crystal flute has been destroyed. Yes, it's gone. Such an item no longer exists. There is no longer an unplayed flute that was owned by James Madison. Now there is a flute that was played by Lizzo who twerked with it. Okay, uh, and and again, if if she didn't twerk, if if she just went in and played it it's, like it's, a normal it's, person, it's, or like the Yo-Yo Ma equivalent look, of look, look. loudest, I, I I assume you just can't understand. And, and I mean, no, 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 I do understand. I'm saying, I'm saying, ideas exist. An object exists. What is the object? It is defined as an unplayed crystal flute owned by the fourth president of the United States. That is gone now. Now what remains is a crystal flute that was played by Lizzo on stage who twerked. 
that was previously owned by James Madison. It was taken from the Library of Congress and given to her on stage where she joked about twerking with it. And it's just like, there is no longer an unplayed flute. You know what I mean? That it's, it's gone. Right. There you go. All right, let's read some more. Daniel Turnka says, how about we make a movie parodying the life of Olivia Wilde while she's satirizing the life of Jordan Peterson? Was it a satire where she was making a comedy about Jordan Peterson? Is that what it was? It's it hard was, for me to tell these Wasn't days. it really bad? No, like Sometimes people, I watch movies It was movies like now, the number one tell. movie this last week, this last weekend. So. It was? I heard it got panned by the left. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't like super critically acclaimed. I think it has like a 60-something on Metacritic. But it it was it was the number one. Movie. I watched the I movies with like the lowest million. the lowest critic rating, but the, the highest disparity between That's what right. the critics think Dave and Chappelle. what the audience thinks. But she you know? she doesn't have any moral high ground to stand on anyway. I mean, you know, with the whole thing with uh, leaving Jason Sudeikis for Harry Styles, you know, right. like that that whole thing. So screw what she thinks, honestly. All right, Cornelius Buttknuckle says Nick Ricada hit the nail on the head with the, uh, hit the nail on the head when he pointed out. That the She-Hulk show is actually is exactly what you'd expect from a Marvel show if it was written by a bunch of early to mid thirties wine moms. Yes. Yeah, but they're now not I really moms. have to see it. So the, I, there was a story that the pop culture crisis crew was talking about. Um, who was it from Charlie's Angels? Someone. Oh yeah, we just talked about that today. Yeah, um, she, they, they Elizabeth were. Thanks. She was. She regretted that it was marketed to, to only towards girls or whatever. And I just gotta. I just gotta wonder about this. Do women feel inspired or powerful? Watching women fight, hunt, box, kill, maim, and things like that. Like on average, I know some women do, but I'm wondering. Like, it, it, Charlie's Angels bombed. I'm, I, I'm understanding. It, it did. It did. And that's what she was saying. Like, well, they only market it towards girls. But didn't she say something like, "It's for girls. Don't watch it or whatever." She literally said, "If you're a white male, don't watch my movie. It isn't for you." And then she turned around and said, "Why aren't white men watching my movie? They're all but, just sexist." But I'm, I'm wondering if there's a thing where it's like men on average are like, "I like the adventure and the conflict," and women on average are like, "I like the social interactions and the and the, and and the personal all, development." Also, aren't those characteristics that you're describing what would also describe toxic mas- masculinity? Well, I, I suppose to a certain degree, but it depends. If if it's like a firefighter, you know, saving a, a bag of puppies, that's not toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity would be no. Like, he mansplains to the puppies as he's bringing them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like what they're doing is they're saying, there's they're they're like we should make movies for women. So let's take male tropes and make yes. it women. But now it's mm-hmm. like, do women like watching women box other women? No, I'm, no. I, guys would. They you know? guys yeah. would. That's exactly the problem. They're trying to make their female characters into second-rate men. It's like if the Notebook, you just flip the two roles around. You know, yeah. <laughs> like Ryan Gosling is like sitting at home waiting. Oh, right. But the, the, fir- note- the Notebook goes to war. And- you know, the first chart, the first two Charlie's Angels movies made money. They were hits, and I, I actually saw both of those movies in the theater. You know, it, not. Oh, be- right. But that was like Foxy boxing, basically. You know. No, I mean it was, they were they were they were fun kind of goofy movies and Drew Barrymore and you know it's but the, this new one I had no interest in watching because I don't like Kristen Stewart you know it's like I didn't want to watch her for two hours you know like in oh, yeah. and an Elizabeth Banks movie I probably didn't I probably didn't see because it was she directed it <laughs> you know that's, well it's, I mean you're not allowed really to say that because you know you're a man I mean yeah and <laughs> you're you're critiquing a movie with women in it and that's a mansplain so you know I just I just anytime that it's something about you know like new wave feminism I just go 
Got it. Yeah. But the Charlie's Angels just, movies were fun, though. There's no winning here. No, there's not. No, I agree that the original Charlie's Angels they movies... They were great. They, they were... Under, and it's not that the women were like... They, they, there was an inherent, like, I guess, feminine that they were still embodying, which I think women like to see. Like, they were being women in stilettos and, like, kicking the crap out of dudes. And it was the tone. Like, the tone of the movies, there, were, there was... It was actiony, but it was like a little over the top and corny and funny. Yeah, you know, it was self aware. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. Yeah, this new one was like very serious, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like She Hulk explaining, you know, <laughs> to He Hulk. Oh man, you know what? Sh- I'm I, I'm watching Better Call Saul. It is one of the most satisfying shows I've ever watched. I was complaining about Star Wars recently, how it's like Obi Wan Kenobi walks out of the ship in Revenge of the Sith, and he's like Anakin in. The past two hours, I've gone from loving you to wanting to kill you. And it's just like, why? Like, why did Anakin go from, like, we have to stop Palpatine as a Sith to now I, I'm his servant? And then, like, what Obi- have I done? <laughs> I know, just like, just like that, all of a sudden, I was really annoyed because I was like, the shift from him being a Jedi to him being Darth Vader was just like a coin flipped. Because he's literally like, Master Windu, Palpatine's the Sith Lord, we must stop him. And he's like, okay, wait here. And he goes, no, I'm coming with. And then all of a sudden, he regrets what he did. What have I done? I'll be evil and murder kids. I was just like, what? But Better Call Saul. <laughs> Better Call Saul's transition from Jimmy McGill into Saul Goodman. Yeah, you can you can see it. It's so well done. Yeah. What's really, really impressive about it, for, I'm sure many people have already seen it because I'm on season five right now. What What's so well done is the, the dynamic between Jimmy and Kim, who is like his significant other, for those who don't know, I see these interactions where he's becoming more con artisty and more like Saul, but then his interaction with Kim is very like well written and normal. Mm-hmm. Like when she gets upset with him, he apologizes because they're actually in a relationship, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you know, we'll talk about it." But you can see they're still being pulled apart. Whereas, like with Star Wars, it's like, "You're my brother, Anakin. <laughs> now die." I'm like what? Yeah, that's what uh, happened to Hollywood. So I mean, you're, you're, what you're saying is it was uh, poorly written. Is that? What you're I'm just saying, <laughs> Better Call Saul, I'm just continually impressed with it. I'm just, look, when I complain about writing and stuff, Better Call Saul is is better than I could possibly ever imagine. The uh, Howard Hamlin, the, the, like the lawyer from the other company, he's such a well-rounded character. It's like he comes off as smarmy sometimes, but then he gets emotional and, and like you understand who he is as a character. It's such a, it's an amazing show. I'm really impressed. I think it's Did better. Did you watch than, Mad Men? No. Is that also good? Yeah. I'll check mm-hmm. it out. I you just, like characters. Well, you know, I watched Breaking Bad. I thought it was pretty good. I like I cigarettes. Better call Saul's That's, why that's a great Well, let's, let's read one more. It's very important. Scott Jeffers says, what's y'all thoughts on Deadpool 3 and the few teasers? I'm very excited for it. It's going to be silly fun. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is great. And the teasers they did, bringing back Hugh Jackman, he's going to be Wolverine. It's going to be funny, and I'm going to have a fun time. So that's cool. Yeah, they released a new teaser today. If you, if yeah, you saw yeah, yeah. it, yeah, where they're sitting together and it plays Jitterbug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. The first one where he's like, "I have nothing. I got nothing." Hey, you. And then he, and he walks past him eating an apple. Hey, and he's like, "You want to play Wolverine again?" Yeah, sure, Ryan. And that's it. And he walks up the stairs. That was, it was really, really good. I, I smuggled a bunch of beers into the theater when I saw it with my mom, the original Deadpool. And she's like, what are you doing? There's eight beers. Why would you bring eight beers into the theater? I was like, mom, you don't understand what this movie is going to be. You're gonna be. And she literally is tapping me on the shoulder like, give me another one. I'm like, I need a beer. Yeah, this, you're drinking all the beers now. Stop, See, mom. so. All right, everybody. If you movie. haven't already, smash that like button. Would you kindly smash that like button? She-Hulk smash. She-Hulk smash. <laughs> Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. And become a member at 
TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only Uncensored show coming up for you at 11 p.m. You don't want to miss it. Follow the show at TimCast. You can follow me at TimCast. Richie, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, you can shout out my own name, Richie McGinnis, R-I-C-H-I-E-M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S-S. And where people could find you. That's right there. Just type that in. Anything. Yeah. It's all up there. Refugee? Also my Substack. stack. Uh, again, Florida, you know, stay safe, my friends, uh, and and beyond Florida too. Uh, you can find me at Don't Walk Run uh, on Twitter, and you can find me at Don't Walk Run Productions on YouTube. And again, thanks to everyone for having me, and uh, nice seeing you again, Richie. It's great seeing this refugee from are you, Florida. We're are you still stuck here? Because I don't think they're reopening the airports. Yeah. No. Uh, and and trains too. They're not. They're like you know. Stick around, man. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll get you on the mini ramp. We'll film. We'll film. It'll be fun. I can. Uh, I got. I got some good. Uh, I got. I got a fun little video of Richie uh, skating. So oh, yeah. maybe I'll. Yeah, maybe I'll post it later. If, uh, it doesn't count. If I. If I get a certain amount of of new uh, <laughs> followers on Twitter. No, I'm kidding. All right, but uh, thank thank you guys for for having me, and and I I love you all, uh, especially Luke and his. Uh, Milkers. His, uh, yeah, I do like that. Can I squeeze him real quick? Before? Hey, hey, this is a family-friendly <laughs> show they, here, they, you vagrants. You stay boat, away no from me. Got it. First of all, first of all, bigger. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's getting perkier and perkier <laughs> as the episode went He's on. like, I'm not going to do it. And it's, I, you know, I don't want to do that thing. It, you know, I don't want to be distracting. <laughs> hey, guys, it's a pleasure being a part of the Luke cast cans. Um, the Bill Gates moobs are back. Eat your heart out. Libby Evans. The Bazunkas are here. Have no fear. Here, LukeMilkers.com, back by popular demand. Thank you so much Gosh. for having me. LukeMilkers.com, that's a website. It's official. It's real. See you there. Thanks so much for having me. I am constantly upstaged by Luke every single Damn right. night. It gets worse. I can't stand it. Just kidding. It's good times. Um, I do have to say that I just saw an Instagram video from our good pal Adam Johnson, and he is recreating that meme of Florida man out there in the storm with that American flag and a beer in one hand. And I just stay safe down there, y'all. That's crazy times. Um, you guys can follow me on TwitterMinds.com at Sarah Patchlitz as well as SarahPatchlitz.me. Worth we, the follow. We will right. see you all always. over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.